and I'm here, man. Are y'all ready for the fry talk? Low down on the biz and uplift the dialogue. Oh, yeah. Listen right along. This is straight off the press. The remix fresh with no prior song. Supplying y'all with the certified thoughtful. Yeah. To give a piece to the piece, it's time to call blow. Yeah. The raspberry wings is fragrant, and flavorful. Insatiable eardrums taste the radio. Here can't be beat for flashy meat. Better leave all your doors and all have the week. What? Positive or motivational stack to see successful guests. Promote a self-mastery. BlockTalkRadio.com slash the remix. Fridays at 10 p.m. Eastern. Support the system with a great reason. I must insist. Don't miss it this evening. Peace, man. So let's see, what about now? How about now? Can you guys hear me on the phone lines now? I bet you can hear me now. Mm-hmm. Peace and greetings, everyone. Oh, look out now. We got all systems are a go. <laughs> all systems are a go. I want to give a big shout out to everyone inside the Blue Room. And uh, first of all, I definitely got to give a big, 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 big shout out. And that shout out is going to go to Priestess Chastity and Priestess Erica. I want to shout both of you ladies out and thank you so much for helping me um, get everything up and running and good to go. So I want to give you two a very, very big, big shout out and uh, thank you. I'm trying to get myself all settled in and situated here. And to all of you inside the Blue Room, I want to do that. Shout out to Kevin. Shout out to all the Priestess Sunflower Reds. It's in the building. Priestess in the house. Um, Good Black Girl. I like that name. Free Society, Free Your Mind TV is in the building. Kendra is back. Make sure that you guys know this is all me. If y'all want to know what's going on, it's a lot of upgrades going on and a lot of systems merging itself together. This is user error. I take full responsibility for what's happening. Mercury ain't no bigger than me, none of that other stuff. This is me doing this and learning along the way with you guys here. Um, So just want to kind of tell you that. Brittany Brown in the building. Hey, Brittany Brown. We got Hellcat Syrian in the building. Love that, sister. Astronaut Warrior is in the house tonight. Did I see Haru in the house tonight? I want to give a shout out to Haru. It makes me think of Siba Haru. want to send him some love as well. Let Me Be Great is in the house tonight. I love that name. Just let me be great. We got Phoenix Nebula in the building tonight. want to welcome you in. I got a surprise for you guys. I sure do. <clears throat> let me clear my throat. Mm. And uh, B-Balance is in the house. Welcome, B-Balance. Good to see you here. 
Boujou Juju in the building. <laughs> I know I tore that damn name up. Oh, did we play the PSA? Yeah, we did. We did. Maria Walters is in the building tonight. Welcome on in. And we got Jasmine L. in the house tonight and C.L. Foster in the place to be. So listen, I told you guys I had a surprise for you tonight because I actually wasn't going to do a show tonight. And then all of a sudden I was over on Instagram and uh, once I was over on Instagram, I just happened um, to make a post and matter of fact, the post was really about, you know, uh, letting you guys know that basically there was not going to be a show tonight. Go figure. Only for there to be a show tonight. So just for you guys to be here is a good thing. And... I didn't even post on social media. So really, if you're getting this, it's because you have the notification that is there. I want to talk about a few things. We're going to kind of talk our way through this tonight. Um, But um, I am just so, um, um, yeah, I'm just glad to be in the house. I trust that you guys are all doing well. Yeah. I trust you're all doing well. I know we didn't play any music tonight, um, but we are. We're gonna play. We're gonna play some vibes. We're gonna play some music. Um, yeah, we're gonna play some music. Let's play some music. Must be the music. I trust you all are doing well. I'm gonna keep saying that. I got a surprise, surprise, surprise. I got a, I got a Gomer Pyle surprise for you tonight. Mhm, mhm. Really, really do. I think you're gonna love it. I really do. Mhm. Mhm. So we're going to listen to some Baby Blue, right, because we need to do that. We'll listen to uh, some Baby Blue. Let's do that. Let's listen to some Baby Blue. La, 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 the remix. Hey, this is Baby Blue. And remember, if nothing else moves you, life will. Say it with me. If nothing else moves you, life will. Well, if nothing else moves you, life will. If nothing else moves you, life will. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, so we're going to listen to some music. And um, what am I trying to say? We're going to listen to some music. And as we uh, listen to this music, (laughs) we're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit. We're going to do what we do. 
and uh, we're going to dive into the cipher. So I am so glad that you guys are here. Don't forget to screenshot the show out, send it out to your friends, you know, post it on your social media, let people know that the remix is live and uh, we are in the building. So here we go. We're going to hear this. It's kind of a throwback. Um, just because I think this is what we need to do at this particular moment. We need to just kind of get, kind of get in this little vibe a little bit, and uh, we'll go from here. Yeah, here we go.
Oh, wow. Back to life. Back to reality. I thought that was so perfect because we're actually going to be listening to a throwback. (laughs) A little bit. A little bit of a throwback tonight. So um, here's here's the thing. Uh, first of all, let me say this. Shouts out to the Blue Room because the Blue Room is off the chain tonight. Like, you guys are off the chain. Like, I'm sitting here and I'm watching Brittany and Lola and Akasha and Kendra and O.O. Sheila and B. Balance and Haru and Karmic and C. Diggs and... Margaret and all of you guys, and y'all are lighting it up. Y'all are definitely lighting it up. I want to do this. I want to ring the bell for self-invested. And so I want to ring the bell for self-invested and shouts out to all of our self-invested family from myself and Brother Bilal. You guys, oh my goodness, class was super amazing as always. And uh, just so grateful for everyone who is self-invested. And, you know, here's the thing. Listen, I'm going to say this. It would be our wish that the whole world could be (laughs) self-invested. We would absolutely love it. If everyone could be self-invested. But we have limited number of seating. And this happens every single year. So if you're not self-invested, definitely we want you to trust where you are. Now, trust where you are. Just trust where you are and trust the process of it. Um, But we'll have more things that will come as well, too. So know that also. So there will be more things. Shouts out to the whole family. And, again, I'm sending love and light to Sister Manya, baby Nanai, and uh, uh, the whole family, and um, Tiwi, everyone, all of them. If you guys did not hear, we do want to send our love and our condolences again and continue to Sister Manya. Uh, This weekend, she did find out of the passing of her oldest son. He was 27 years old. And so I do want to send some love as Uriel continues on his way. And know that the family, Planet Remix, all of us, is sending him love and light. Yeah, yeah. Ashe, and sending love, so much love out to Sister Manya and the family as well. Yeah, yeah. And they thank everyone for all of you guys' love and people reaching out as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So here we go. Here we go. Tonight, I'm I'm excited, but first, before I get all of this extra exciting excitement out, I want to say this. 
If you guys have not checked out the movie Milan, you need to check it out. Like I said, I really wish Disney would have went ahead, jumped in with both feet, and went ahead and just made it rated R. Because we would have got a little bit more in-depth with Milan. By the way, I hear it's a lot of controversy over the movie Milan people feeling like the adaptation version of it. It's not the children's version of Milan. So, you know, just kind of brace yourself for that. Um, but, uh, but it was really, really good. It was a good movie. I just would have liked a little bit more juicy, juicy details and girl power, feminine power was all powerful for the movie Milan. I'll say this for those of you who were not there here earlier when we talked about this. By the way, extra shout out to Priestess Chastity for helping me get up and live and us running uh, as well. But I want to say this. I want to say this. This month of September, make sure you make a grocery list. And like I said, put some good things on there. You know, put some things on there that maybe you don't eat every single day, but you kind of like, I'm here for it. Like, I'm here for it. Uh, You know, I I may eat it once a month. I, I may, on a special occasion, treat myself to this. Put those things on that list. Kind of stock yourself up on, you know, the essentials, water, you know, that's an essential. Get you a little bit of rice if you eat rice, you know, get you some beans, (laughs) you know, get you some crackers, you know, get you some snacks, some good old snacks, you know, get you some fruits and vegetables, even though some of them don't last too long, but get you some of that stuff. You know, get you some food that if you had to be in place for a certain amount of time, maybe if you don't have lights, camera action, sorry, Miss Jackson, you know, maybe if you don't have all of that stuff, you could still survive. Get you some batteries, get all of that. And the reason I'm telling you this is because this month of September is a universal month of 13. And just based on a little devil, devil, devil here in the records, for some of us, depending on what part of the world we're living in, we may have some days where, one, we don't want to go outside, or two, or two, yeah, get you a can of beans, you're going to do that, or two, you're just not going to be able to go outside. It may be a little wet, a little wet, wet out there. So you might can't get out as often as you like. Um, Haru said, had beans, okras today, cranberry juice, water, rice, and a biscuit. Hmm. I'm sure you learned how to mix all of that up together. (laughs) You know, hey, I don't judge nobody on their taste palates because it's a little different for all of us, right? But just get the stuff that you need. (laughs) Get the stuff that you need and put those things in place. Mm -hmm. For me, 
I'm going to get the stuff that I need. But I'm also going to throw a little Godiva in there because I don't do that too often. But um, I'm going to put a little Godiva in there. So welcome on into Planet Remix. If this is your very first time listening, welcome. Welcome on in. By the way, I'm getting to you guys' emails. Yeah, it's a whole moment. I'm getting to you guys' email, and um, I'm going to definitely um, be checking the emails. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now, I do want to talk about that documentary, but that documentary I watch is going to take us into a whole nother category, and we don't, I don't even know if we got time for that tonight, so we ain't going to do it. I might mention it. But we're actually going to get ready to do a throwback. And uh, we're going to listen to this show. And this is a show that I did, mm, gosh, wow, I don't even know how long ago. But it is definitely for now times. It's for now. And if you're connected with the Remix underscore radio page over on Instagram, then you're going to know where the inspiration came because I got a couple of emails about this this week. And then when I made a post tonight, someone else put it in their post. And I said, Hmm, you know what? This is the perfect opportunity because I wasn't going to do a show tonight. Just wasn't. Nothing wrong, nothing right. Just wasn't going to do a show tonight. I figured we can all, you know, just kind of chill out a little bit, find a little good Netflix movie or a documentary somewhere online or maybe go watch Milan again and just kind of kick back, chill out and relax. So that's why I told you guys to bring your snacks, get you some wine, get you something to drink, you know, get you a little popcorn, get you a little crackers, you know, I don't know, get you some celery sticks. I like that. You know, um, what else do we snack on? Get you a little bit of grapes, you know, get them black grapes, them juicy, juicy black grapes. <laughs> get you some of that, and uh, which I have some right now. And um, get you some water. I got me some liquid magic and chill out. But we're going to do that all here together. Mm -hmm. I know that's right. We missing like 58 likes, Haru said. Y'all need to hop to it. Like, make sure you screenshot the show too and send it out to people. I know the title, the magic. I get it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that looked like it was pretty good, King Ra'el. That Lovecraft, I seen that, but it looked a little scary. Believe it or not, I'm not a scary freak. I don't like all that scary stuff. Um, but it did look good. I seen the little preview, and I kind of went, whoa, HBO kind of trying to do a little something, something. But anywho, this is what we're going to be talking about tonight. We're going to be talking about Ancient, sacred space clearing. 
because believe it or not, it is time for some ancient techniques in sacred space clearing. So that's what we're going to get into. But we're going to do it very fun because I will be able to interact with you guys. I'm also going to pause it. And sometimes if y'all hear something, we can pause it. We can talk about it. We can upgrade it. We can kind of remix it. We can do what we do to just kind of bring it all together. All right? Mm, someone said, Jesus coming back soon. Do not take the mark of the beast chip. We in the last days, we have to get closer to God, especially black people who are the Jews of the Bible. Well, you are in the right place, Flawless 190. Because we didn't, you know, we already know all that. We got that. So just chill out and relax. You know, or we're going to have to put you out in the hallway, and I don't want to put you in the hallway. Just chill out. We know all that. We good. You might have to go tell some other people. So if your time is valuable, and I know you need to get that message out, go find the people who don't know, because we know. We know. Check us off the list, you know, because I know you got your little list there. Check us off. Say, check. They know. And go find some people who don't know, because they need to hear that but we got you. We got you. So you, thank you for your time. We don't want to put you in the hallway. Check the list and keep it moving. All right. So here we go. (laughs) So here we go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Roberta, Roberta. (laughs) All right. They good. They good. They checked us off the list. You know, every you know you have your list, and you when you're walking down the hallway, you got to stop by everybody's room. We just they stop by the room. That's right, Erica. Good looking out for us, but we got that. So I just don't want you. To, I don't like anybody to waste time. So <laughs> do not waste time with us because we already know that. We got it. We good. And I don't like putting people in the hallway. I don't. All right. So here we go. We're going to get ready to, um, hmm. we're going to get ready. And I'm curious, but I already know. Uh, anyway, let me stop being so curious. Let me stop doing that. Um, Let's get ready. We're going to listen to this, and we're going to pause it along the way. We're going to talk about it. We're going to do it. It's like 121 people in this room. Make sure you screenshot it. Send it out. The blue room is lit, and Planet Remix is live. So here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Lock. Okay. First, I got to let's, – let's cue the mic. Let's cue the mic. So we're going to start here. Like I said, this this is so, so good. I really enjoyed this. Lots of information here. And I know that you all will appreciate it as well. Boy, got to love it. So anywho, I'm talking, talking to myself, from myself. Talk about worlds coming together. Here we go. And uh, so here we go. Are you welcome? Let's go ahead. Uh, let's get into the share. Hey, who knows what's going to happen? It's the remix. Peace. Peace and greetings, everyone. Hi, I'm Miss Blue, and you are live in the remix. 
In this session of the remix, we're going to be talking about the ancient art of feng shui and exactly what feng shui is. We're going to be talking about sacred spaces and actually many different things about how you can begin to use your home, your apartment, your room, where you live as a transmission statement. Also, how you can open up channels in your living space to really sort of be a collection point of energy. We'll also be talking about how to find um, some of the hidden messages that are left in your home. We'll be also taking a look at and also going through um, sort of a session where we do some shape shifting, and that's going to be pretty cool. Now, first, let's just start a little bit with the history. What exactly is feng shui? Well, if you take the word feng shui and translate it, literally the translation means wind and water, which refers to how the wind sort of depresses the chi or the energy, the chi energy, while water really kind of absorbs, retain, and sort of kind of stalls the chi. And what this does is it encourages harmony with the winds and the water of the earth to promote health and prosperity. Now, I'll tell you a couple of things feng shui is not, because I've heard this. Feng shui is not just about cleaning your house, even though the clearing part is really sort of kind of a, what you would call a prereq to begin to do some of the sacred work that goes on in your home to really kind of make your home sort of that sanctuary, you know, or that place that we can go and really find positive energy. But it is about really just understanding. Feng Shui is actually an ancient Chinese art. It's a science and also a skill. Now, it's not a religion and it's not a superstition because a lot of people tend to coin Feng Shui as a superstition, as they do when it comes to different traditions that come from the African, um, our African spirituality system as well, too. But we know these things to be true, um, tried, and tested. It is a science, and the same thing with Feng Shui. Now, what's interesting about Feng Shui, I've always had a very, very strong interest in Feng Shui finding out exactly more and more about it throughout my life. Even in my early teenage years, I became very, very intrigued with the art, I guess you could say, the science and the skill of feng shui. Now, here's some things I've since found out about feng shui. One, it is a science that actually started with our people. And I'm going to talk about a little bit. And one of the places that it's going to take me back to is actually to the Zulu tribe. Now, this is very interesting because a lot of the similarities that you're going to see when we're dealing with some of these practices in space clearing and in feng shui, you're going to also see these things in traditional African systems as well. The important thing here is really how to use your home, your sacred space, as that place of elevation. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, talking about really, really how our house, where we live, is more than just a place that we go and sort of kind of retreat ourselves to. You know, you can think of it this way. Our body is a temple and our house is a temple as well. Even when we begin to think about how our ancestors seen sort of that um, correlation between our sacred space and also ourselves, 
we can go back and think about the Temple of Luxor, or otherwise known as the Temple of Man. Um, and in this particular temple, you know that everything is laid out according to how man is. When having a discussion, actually, I believe it was Brother Ogun I was having the discussion of and talking about the Temple of Luxor and really what was the purpose of it. You know, why was it so important to build sort of the structure, this Temple of Man? Why was this important? And the reason that it was actually important to do because, and as Brother Ogun explained it, it was the place where man could go and study himself within himself. So, knowing that, that is some of the basic principles that Feng Shui was actually founded off of. And so, a lot of times when doing sessions and talking to people, one of the things that I see is sometimes there is a disconnect between our sacred space, our home, and also ourselves. And so, what we'll be talking about today and coming from this perspective of Feng Shui is really how everything that is in your home absolutely everything from the carpet, from the candles, from the clothes in the corner, you know, from the dirty clothes in the laundry basket, from the dishes in the sink, from the food in the refrigerator is connected to you. Every single part of that is a reflection of you. Now, one of the things that Carl Judd said that I found to be very, very interesting was this that everything in the unconscious really seeks an outward manifestation. And this really explains the principle um, of why we are continuously projecting our subconscious beliefs and feelings onto our home. You can walk into anybody's house. And when you begin to look around, it's going to say a lot about the person, not only the person who lives there, but what is going on in that particular house. Have you ever walked to an, into a room and instantly, instantly, as soon as you walked in the room, you can tell that either there was an argument or there was some disagreement that was going on in that particular um, space. Whether it's a, you walk into your office, you know, as a brother once said to me, um, <laughs> brother Tony said to me, he often goes into his job and when he goes to work, he'll say, hey, who disturbed the feng shui up in here? Meaning, who changed the energy? Because you can feel it. Have you ever walked into a room and then instantly just felt the sense of overjoy and the energy and the flow? It's like this sometimes when you even are coming into the remix. You can feel that same energy. Now, all living things are interconnected with the universe and nature. So everything is influenced by what they call the yang, which is sun or light, by the yin, which is darkness or rain. So the responsibility of feng shui, or when you're doing feng shui, is to keep external and internal spaces aligned with the forces of nature. So when dealing with feng shui, there are five elements. And we'll talk about some of these elements. In this session, I don't think we're going to get to get to a lot of them. But I'm going to give you this information because you can research it. You can Google it on your own and find a lot out. The five elements that you're really trying to keep in alignment, it's going to be wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. So all of these elements, really kind of keeping them in sort of a harmonious state is the goal of feng shui. Now, we're going to take a different position of this. We're going to begin to look at Feng Shui from the position of you, from the position of being a mirror. 
because one of the things that um, I found it interesting when we begin to look at the feng shui, feng shui is also that process that affects the inner landscape as much as it affects our physical environment. And so really, in order for your spirit to be nourished by the enhancements that you make in your home, the first place that you have to start is you have to begin to look inward. So this takes us back to all of the principles, especially when it comes to the comedic teachings, when it comes to the metaphysical teachings, and a lot of the other sciences out there. It's about know thyself, and feng shui is no different. And so that's what we're going to be taking a look at as we continue to talk about feng shui here in the remix. So let's continue. So now let's take a look at it from this position. And we're going to start with your house, your apartment, your room, wherever it is, wherever it is, excuse me, that you have your sacred space. This is what we're going to be talking about. One of the things that's for sure, and this is something that has been clear, and you can research this as well, is that your home is really an extension of who you are. So really, you can begin to look at it like our homes are really a mirror of ourselves. You understand our homes are really where you can sort of kind of have that interface between it's sort of, well, I guess you can look at it this way. It's kind of like the bridge of the inner universe of you and the outer universe and really the crossing point between two different realities. So really a lot of times the threshold or the entranceway of your house is looked at, excuse me, is looked at as an altar. It is the place where the outer and the inner world, where that separation is, but where they actually meet. When you come inside your home, you are actually coming into the altar, the home being symbolic of that whole altar. Some of the things that you can do or your home can actually be this template for is it can be a place of renewal. You know, when I come home and it's been a long day, it is my place of renewal. It's a place for you to recharge, you know, a place of peace in times of chaos, you know, a place of healing. It's a place also for strength where you can gather your strength from. Your home is also a temple or it should be a temple for harmony. The temple should be filled with harmony harmony as well. It is a template. It is a template that you can set up and you can really build that template to be exactly what you want it to be. It's a place where everyone who lives there, as well as anybody who comes to your house, whether it be your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, the girl up the street, the guy you met in the bookstore, wherever, where they can actually come and step into your temple, step into your home. And really, really step up to a higher level of spiritual frequency. Yes, this is what the home should be. And some of the first things that you have to do is really begin to examine and just kind of ask yourself the question, what does your home mean to you? You know, what does your house mean to you? Is it a place that you just go and you kind of lay your head? You know, is it just sort of this space? Is it really this sacred space? What is it to you? Really to begin to take a look at that and really ask yourself that question. Once you begin to do that, you can look around and you'll begin to see some of the hidden symbols and discover what you can sort of kind of be revealed about you in your home. When someone walks through your home, they can pick up a lot about your likes, your dislikes, things about you that you tell people. 
and things about you that you don't tell people. We can look at it from the perspective of whenever someone commits a crime or something happens and they're looking for someone and they're looking for clues, when the detectives come in the home or even if there is a murder or something committed and the forensic team comes in, they are looking at things that normally people would not look because they understand that these are really, really symbols about who you are. It really is our giant altar. It is a reflection of who we are, what's important to us, what matters to us. And so we can say whatever we want to say about our house, but it is a reflection of us. And we're going to talk about seeing these things really on a different level and showing how they're really, really just connected to you from all different angles. Now, there have been many teachings on feng shui, and you can almost just about Google it. You can go to the bookstore. Um, you can go to any Barnes and Nobles. You can go to Amazon Books, and you'll find tons of books about your house. You can find tons of books on feng shui coming from many different perspectives. But we're going to be talking about it from this perspective. And at the end, I'm going to give you some references of some very good books that have been helpful for me. And I'm sure they'll be helpful for you so that you, if you're interested in diving further into this topic of feng shui, you can begin to uh, do some research here and find some more information out. Now, we're going to talk about right now how objects in your home have an influence on you. So we understand that everything, it kind of works with the laws of attraction. All of this, everything, where you live, the good, the bad, the ugly, the messy, the sloppy, the clean, the neat, everything is really a reflection of you. But now we're going to talk about how these things, these objects have an influence on you. The objects or the materials that surround you, what they do is they actually create a bridge between the different forms and spirit. That is the connection between you. Because objects in your environment really, really can have a profound effect on you in many ways. Now, a lot of feng shui practitioners have their own sort of kind of perspective about how objects really can influence you. I'm going to throw out a couple of ideas out there about how objects can actually influence you. Here's one way that objects um, influence you, the objects in your home influence you, through symbolism. Because symbolism, the symbols of things in your home, what they do is they shape and they sort of reinforce your your identity. They either are reinforcing your identity in a positive way or it's reinforcing your um, identity in a, in a negative way. So either way, objects in your home is either going to reinforce who you are in a positive way or reinforce who you are in a negative way. The second reason is because objects, in our home really reveal aspects of our inner world. If you often want to know what's going on with a person, you can look at their home. A lot of times when I'm doing sort of face-to-face -face work for people and I actually get the opportunity to go into their house, I can do a reading on them in their home. Feng Shui is just as real as getting a reading. It's just as real as somebody taking your birth chart and beginning to map that out from your birth chart and tell you things about yourself. So it's very, very real. 
And so the third way it can have an influence on you is that the things in your home can be sort of kind of a vehicle um, for realizing your potential. How often have you heard someone say that where they're living, they just don't feel inspired? You know, it seems like their energy goes down. And that's going to be key because as we begin to get into some of the exercises, that's one of the things we're going to be taking a look at. Do the things in your home make your energy level go up or does it make your energy level go down? It's something very, very real to begin to take a look at. Now, here's something else that you're going to find very interesting about feng shui. Not only do these objects have an influence on you, but um, your home is, if you look at it this way, and this was something that I read, your home is really filled with the metaphor of your life. Your belongings not only reflect your value, but they are constantly, constantly shaping who you are, constantly shaping you into who you are every step of the way. And this is true whether you're unaware of the significance it has to you or not. And we're going to see that. We're actually, you're going to be able to prove that to yourself as we continue. What's key to, to just understanding about how things can influence us? And we know that we can be influenced by so many different things. I'll give you a scenario just talking about feng shui and understanding that it is wind and water, the translation. Think about how much energy is constantly flowing through our bodies, millions upon millions of different uh, molecules that flow through our body every single day, and we're unaware of it, but it has an effect on us. We know that our body is made up of two-thirds percent of water, if not more than that and how that is impacted to us. Dr. Emoto did a lot of work on the studies of water, and a lot of studies of water, we know it from its purification um, things. Our ancestors talked about that and the spiritual connection with water and also its connection with emotions. So this is really taking some of those same principles and really understanding it in that way. Things, the things that sort of um, are surrounding you in your home, serve as sort of a, a subliminal reminder of who you are. And this is why a lot of times what is the first thing that they tell you, especially when someone is, is, is living in a very bad environment, that you either have to change that environment or get out of it. See something else. Go do something else. Look at a different environment. Because if you, these things have an impact on you, whether you know it or not. And your environment, unlike many things in this reality, your environment doesn't lie. So when you take a look at your house, when you take a look at your room, when you begin to take a look at your closet, when you begin to take a look at your drawer, these things are really, really sending you messages about who you really are. And it's very, very real. Very, very real. Now, here's the good news. <laughs> here's some good news about it. You can take these things. You can, use, you can use the items in your environment to really help you release any type of limited beliefs that you have about yourself and your world. You really can. So in a sense, you can change your bedroom set and change your life. You can change your living room 
and change your life. You can change things in your kitchen and change your life. You know, you can change things and change your life. And we're going to be talking about this. So begin to look at this really from the perspective of understanding how we can channel this energy and really, really kind of raise what they call the astral light in your house. So it does become sort of that portal or that transmission statement so that you can bring in positive chi or positive energy into that environment so that it helps you continue to raise not only your consciousness, but also help to raise your spiritual energy as well. So the first step that you have to begin to do here is really start to take a look at yourself and really begin to examine and find out or identify those negative inner beliefs. And then what you can do, you can begin to look around your house and find what the representative as. You know, what is me saying that I'm not good enough? Where does that show up in my house? You know, where does it show that um, I have to work hard for things? How does that show up? And we're going to get into some more examples there. But once you do that, once you've identified those things and find them in your house or how they're represented in your house, then what you can do is you actually can begin to make the changes in your home. And they can become sort of like a powerful affirmation of who you want to be or who you truly are for that particular matter. And this is going to be almost a thousand times strong as just using an affirmation by itself. Affirmations are excellent and they work. I give them a lot out in my sessions. But one of the things that we have to remember, because this is something that our ancestors knew, and you guys, we know this too, is that our homes are really an extension of who we are. So we can't just stop with ourselves. We have to really take care of those things that are close to us, where where our sacred space is, where we lay our head, where we rest. All of these things are important to make sure that we're including this in our transformation process in order for us to transform fully. So affirmations, as I was saying, is very, very important. And you can spend a lot of times a day working on affirmations, but affirmations really don't help if you're living in an environment that really just causes your energy level to go down. That has to be changed too in order for that to just be more of a holistic approach to making things effective. In Queen Afua's book, Heal Thyself, she talks about the significance of the kitchen and talks about the significance of the family room and things that you can begin to incorporate, you know, bringing in those things of sight, um, those things of smell, those things of sound, so that you can raise sort of vibration in your home because sacred spaces are are really, really uh, very powerful and they're a place that we can u- be used to rejuvenate ourselves. So that's a great, excellent book too for many different things, but definitely Heal Thyself you want to take a look at as well. So really the recommendation is this, and We'll talk about some specifics as we continue to go along, but it is to first find out what the affirmation is in your life that you're dealing with because you're still going to deal with yourself. And then you're going to begin to really make sure that your space where you live reinforces that. So, for instance, if you're doing an affirmation on abundance, let's say, 
and you need to have more abundance in your life. Really ask yourself the question and look around. Does your environment support that? Now, let me be clear about what I'm speaking about. I'm not talking about having the big screen TV. I'm not talking about... Um, I'm not talking about having sort of the king size bed with the hundred pillows on it. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about when you walk in your environment, is the feng shui or AKA the feeling, is the feeling that you're working towards abundance? Does it make your energy go up or does it make your energy go down? Because this is very, very key because prosperity will not have the same Association, of course, we know with everyone, but it cannot thrive. Your energy cannot thrive in a space that is not conducive to what it is you're trying to manifest. You understand? It just doesn't happen. You know, around the holiday times, you may remember this, um, and some of you may still be doing this, but around the holiday time, it is about that feeling and everyone wants to get into that feeling maybe putting on some music you know your mother may be in the kitchen cooking and she may have to have a certain song on or a certain record you know it's, it's certain kind of smells that are associated with it and all of these things coming together is what makes this sort of kind of transform into magic and that's the same thing when we begin to get into really taking the feng shui to the next level so know that everything that is around you or that we surround ourselves with, this is not sort of some random act. Whether someone gave you something, whether it was on sale, you have it for a reason. We're going to take a moment and talk about attachment and how we can begin to use the laws of attraction for us understanding things and also about the letting go process or what, what is called um, sort of the clearing, which is almost what should be done sort of in the first steps of what you have to do before you actually get into really understanding some more principles of feng shui. And so what we're going to be talking about is different things that are going on in your home, how they're associated with you on a subconscious level, and really some of the things that you can do to begin to change that. But right now, we're going to get into attachments and showing how we have attachments to different objects and to different things in our homes and how this symbolically represents that attachment within us. So now we're going to talk about different attachments. We really kind of assign meaning to everything. Everything has a meaning, and really, it really, everything has a deeper meaning. We're going to talk about attachments a little bit of how we can sort of kind of cling ourselves to certain things that are in our house, um, that is around us, those things that are a part of who we are, and why it's important to understand what the true meaning is behind things that we've attached ourselves to, because it is more than Everything is more than just. Um, for instance, let's take for instance, you may have a couch that's in your house. And depending upon who gave you the couch, who was the person who bought it for you, you know, these things have different meanings to you and they carry different energy. Everything we know has energy, everything and uh, really has its own inner energy. Some would say its own spirit. And so often we give it energy. We give life to it. We give it a purpose. And you can see this symbolism all throughout your home. For instance, you know, 
you may have clothes in your closet. You may have clothes in your closet that you haven't worn in two or three years. You may have that red sweater. And that red sweater has been sitting there for four years, but you're keeping that red sweater because that was the red sweater that your mother gave you when you graduated from high school or maybe when you were entering into college. Um, or maybe that was a red sweater that you got when you didn't have any other sweater. So it has a meaning. It has a deeper meaning to you. So, for instance, that red sweater, when you look at it, it you get a certain level of energy from it. And so two things happen. Either it makes your energy go up or it makes your energy go down. Ladies, you can attest to this. Well, maybe some of you can and maybe you can't. You may have that particular favorite outfit or maybe those particular pink panties that you so love. And even though sometimes these pink panties may look like they need to be, you need to get rid of them, you're still hanging on to them because you remember the first day you put those pink panties on. You remember the first day that, you know, you was hanging out with Tony and he told you he just loved you in those pink panties. And so those pink panties, no matter how raggedy they get, no matter what they look like, they're always going to have a special place in your heart and you're going to hold on to them pink panties. Same thing, fellas, too. Don't want to leave you out. You hold on to things, too. So whether it's that jacket, it doesn't matter. That could be the jacket that, you know, you was the coolest guy on the block. It was you was the coolest guy in high school. So you kept that jacket because that jacket carries those memories. It gives you sort of a sense of identity and identifies with who you were then and also who you are now and who you still want to become. And so we keep these things around. I know we're talking about clothes, but it works the same way. Um, one of the <laughs> funnier things I can tell you, and everybody has somebody in their family that does this. We get these attachments to different objects, and, and sometimes we become totally unconscious to why we're keeping something. Have you ever went over someone's house and they have this television set, right? They have this television set. It may be, and I don't even know, some of you may be too young to even know what this is, but they have like a Curtis Mathis <laughs> television set, right? And the Curtis Mathis doesn't work anymore. It's one of those television sets, for those of you who may not know, it looks like a piece of furniture. And on the inside, because we had several of them, my parents were big Curtis Mathis people, fans. They loved them. When you open them up, they sort of were like the Cadillac of um, entertainment systems, I guess you could say. When you lift it up, it had a radio in the inside. Some of them had uh, record, um, the what do you call them, record players. Um, they also had where you could put the eight tracks in there. Some came with the cassette. I mean, these Curtis Mathis's look like you know, they were pieces of furniture. They had the built-in speakers, all of this. Have you ever went over someone's house and they had a piece of furniture like that? It doesn't work anymore. Absolutely cannot cut it on to save its life. But they will take a television set, a new one, and put it on top <laughs> of the Curtis Mathis. Well, I have to laugh about it because up until a few years ago, my own mother was doing this in one of her rooms. And uh, <laughs> it was quite disturbing. Like, what is the point of still holding on to that? But I understood the point because, see, it wasn't just about that television set there. This carries memories. And sometimes we'll hold on to those things that may be broken, those things that may be damaged, um, those things that were given to us by a relative who have made their transition, even though it serves no purpose anymore. But we have 
identified or assigned a particular energy, a particular chi, a particular spirit to this particular object. And it really, really has become a part of us. You don't believe it? Have you ever been to a yard sale or have you ever been over someone's house and you know they're not using something and you ask them, can you have it? They are so reluctant to give it to you. It's not because they've placed so much value on material things. We talk about that and that comes from a different perspective. But a lot of times it's because of the meaning behind what these objects represent to us and really the deeper meaning of what it is. So it's important to really, really know that everything in your home can really send you a message, you know. It really can help you to understand who you are and really where you're going in life. Um, it really, really, really can help you to understand that and um, really help you discover the significance of the underliningness of these things that are in your home. So now, with that being said, I think this is a good time to talk about shape-shifting. And uh, really, we can do sort of a short little exercise here that will help you to begin to actually shape. Okay. How are we doing, Planet Remix? <laughs> Getting in some ancient art a thung sway. And I wanted to pause there before we actually get ready to get um, into the part where we're going to actually do a live shape-shifting exercise. So for those of you who are just joining us, we are, we're just kind of, you know, we're, we're, we're listening to a show. And by the way, you guys, I want to let you know that, um, and, and we'll take some questions. But this Ancient Art of Feng Shui is a show that I did 10 years ago. 10 years ago on the remix. And uh, right now while I was diving into the Akashic Records, the energy is just so right for it now. It's amazing. Me and Brother Bilal, we talk about it all the time, how we've done shows. Our shows are so timeless. So when you hear me say download, 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 or to go dive into the archives, literally you can go back and dive into the archives. Because again, we're listening to this show and right now everything that we're hearing right now, it seems like you know, it still applies to this moment that we're at at this time. But this show I did 10 years ago. On Planet Remix. And, um, but it is just as relevant as it is here today. So I know some of you have questions. I'm going to take some questions. We'll do that, you know, at the end of the show as well. And uh, I definitely want you guys to do that. If you're here, this is your first time. If you've been invited, don't forget if you're taking something away, screenshot the show. You know, we'd really appreciate it. Post it on your social media. Send it out. Also, like and subscribe as well to the channel here. Hit that notification bell so you can always know when the remix is live. So, here we go. <laughs> so, here we go. We're going to continue and we're, 
we're moving into the part where we're going to get ready to do a shape-shifting exercise. It's really, really cool. Uh, if you've never done it, you'll be able to do it. And it's a very powerful tool that you'll be able to use when you're sort of doing some feng shui in your sacred space, when you're going through your house, when you're doing the clearing part, when you're doing the actual, which is a part of the feng shui, don't get me wrong, but when you're going through, when you're looking at objects, you know, what, you know, we've had a lot of time at home, but take a moment now and just look around because everything, remember your whole house is an altar, not just the one you make, your whole entire house. When you step into your front door and enter into your sacred space, you have just stepped into your altar. Now, inside your altar, you may have many different altars, baby altars, smaller altars, ancestor altars, altars to a particular deity, gods and goddesses, or a, a, a particular time, period, in our culture, in our history. But your whole house is an altar. You are leaving from your conscious mind coming into the subconscious and all of the objects in your house, they represent what is driving you, what is behind you, what is in your subconscious, what is on your heart and what is in your mind. That's what's in your space. It's a part of you or who you're attempting to become. It is what you are attempting to alter or it should be. Some things are in our sacred space to raise our awareness and consciousness. Some of those things are built in. For instance, windows. The windows are there because your windows are there. It is to shock your consciousness, to bring awareness to you. That's why we have windows in our sacred space. The water is there so that you can get in touch with your feelings, your emotions, your intuition, so that you can go within. So you can go within. So let's keep listening, and I'm just going to sit back and keep enjoying the conversations in the Blue Room and uh, would love to have you guys share your thoughts about what you're taking away so far from the share. So let's continue. Yes into an object in your house so that we can find a deeper meaning about what that object really means to you or discover sort of the hidden meaning and why this particular object is in your home. So it's really, really simple. We'll take about two to three minutes here and uh, we're going to go through the object um, or the ancient art, I should say, excuse me, of shape-shifting into an object. So first, let's talk about for just for a second, what shape-shifting is. Um, shape-shifting is actually a meditation technique where you actually, what you do is you shift your consciousness from your own identity into the reality of another form of consciousness. This is what shape-shifting is. So you're going to take your consciousness and shift it into the consciousness or the form of another consciousness. Okay, I want to stop right there because 
that's an important part with the shape shifting. It's where you take your consciousness and you shift it into the reality of the consciousness of another object or thing. So, who's down to do a little shape shifting here? And if you are, what are you going to use that is in your sacred space right around you to shape shift into? Think of something um, in your sacred space to shape shift into. Mm-hmm. Think about it. What are you going to use? Is it going to be a crystal? Is it going to be your computer? Is it going to be a book? Is it going to be your bed? Is it going to be, <laughs> Erica said me, you are already you. So you, it's no need to shape shift into you. You are you. Unless you feel that there is a disconnect between, <laughs> oh, you mean me, you going to do it. I got it. You're gonna, okay, so Miss Rich says she's going to do her laptop. Some of you are stepping out there. You're going to do a batala. Oh, okay, Mora. Mora is going to do obatala. Okay. Um, Juji is going to do, or Juji, I think I said it right, is going to do a third eye pendant. All right. Okay. Phoenix is... Um, Nebula is going to do a money tree. I love it. Okay. What else? What are some of the other things? Anubis statue. C. Diggs is going to do. Okay. Mm, my son statue. Okay. All set. I want to shape shift into the plant right in front of my door. That's excellent. Ah, mask on the wall. I love that. What kind of mask? Clear quartz crystal, oh my goodness, like that is the best right there. A necklace, Shango, oh, you guys are, y'all Y'all kind of feeling yourselves as well. Margaret said, I actually have a random box with different objects in it. Okay, um, and Shaquama is going to shake shift into my ancestor altar. You're going to go into the whole altar. Griffin says, I feel a dream catcher. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can use a picture. An amethyst necklace. I see an amethyst crystal. Crystals are always fun to shape shift in. Um, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, let's see. A magic maker is coloring right now. Okay. That's, that's, that's wonderful, TMI. I love it. Um, a hummingbird. I love that. Uh-huh. A magic marker. Um, oh, you're going to shape shift into a magic marker. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Astronaut warrior is going to shape shift into the heater. Oh, I love that. And the mask is a uh, African war ma- um, um, wall mask. Okay, love it. All right, these are really, really good. If you, it, it can be anything. It can be your pen. It can be a pencil. I love it. Hey, Erica says she's going to shape shift into the Jupiter money kit. Ooh, that's going to be a wild ride. Uh, Chastity says she's going to do her laptop. Um, Brittany Bives said um, a Mandela picture on the wall. I love it. I love it. All right. So here we go. 
Let's go, you guys. Let's go. And so that's what we're going to be doing right here. Um, so now let's get ready. Let's get ready. It's the remix. <laughs> let's get ready to shape shift. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to think about a particular object or something in your home that you're going to actually focus your energy and your in- attention on. I want you to think about it. So whether it's your bed, whether it's your dresser, um, maybe it's the pile of clothes you have in the corner, you know, maybe it's a chair. Uh, maybe it's that table that for whatever reason, you cannot let go of it. You can't give it away. I want you to begin to think about an object in your house um, that you're going to begin to do this with. So I'll give you just a couple of seconds. And then we're going to start. Okay. This is really, really a powerful, powerful um, technique. And it could sometimes bring back some results that are kind of shocking to you. Um, But um, I think it is definitely something that's going to be necessary to do. Actually, it was just, I believe it was last week when me and uh, the sister who works with me that sets up the appointments and scheduling for the sessions, uh, Sister Munya, we actually did it together. It was pretty cool. So um, you guys will get a chance to do it. The first thing I want you to do is just relax. Just relax, just relax wherever you are. If you're sitting down, relax. You know, just get somewhere where you can be comfortable. If you feel better to get on the floor, that's fine too. If you're laying down in the bed, because <laughs> I got some messages from people that told me that they listen to the show when they're in the bed. Hey, <laughs> I can just imagine. All right. So wherever you are, I want you to just relax. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to close your eyes. Then what I want you to do is to begin to just imagine or have your body begin to change shapes until it becomes that object in your home. So taking your energy, taking all of your thoughts, and I want you to begin to connect with the object that's in your home. So whether it's the couch, whether it's the television set, whether it's your bed, whatever it is, maybe it's a picture frame, maybe it's a table, maybe it's a cup. But I want you to begin to see yourself really, really see your body changing into this object. And now what I want you to do is to begin to feel how you're becoming this object. How your arms are changing, your legs, your body. You can even feel your hands and your feet all beginning to change, all beginning to change into this object. Now, now that you've changed into this object, I want you to begin to feel, feel what it's like to be this object. Feel what it's like to be the chair. Feel what it's like 
to be the bed. Begin to feel what it's like to be those clothes that's been in the corner for weeks. Feel what it's like. Some of the things you'll begin to feel, you'll notice a different uh, feeling. You'll also begin to bring up different memories that's associated with this object. Really getting into the consciousness. Finding out sort of the connection that this object has with you and you with it. Continue, continue to feel, finding out exactly why, why is this table still here? Why is this lamp here? Why is it so important for you to have these clothes right here in this corner? Why is it so important for your television set to be there? Why is it so important to have that face? Why is that important for you? Now, I want you to slowly begin to shift out of the consciousness of the object. Slowly begin to shift out. Slowly begin to come back to yourself. Slowly begin to feel your own body and your own consciousness. And then you can open your eyes. Now, I've had several people, and you guys probably can attest to this too, do this exercise. I've had a a lot of um, sisters and brothers in the session where we did this exercise, and a lot of them came back with a lot of results that really was very eye-opening for them. Um, There was an instance when, yeah, and I want to stop right there because I want you guys to come back. As you're slowly coming back, and I want you to let me know what were some of the things that you discovered when you were shape-shifting back into these objects, and um, what were some of the things that was happening. If you want to call in, you can do that, too, um, 515-605-9794, and press 1. If you would like to, uh, press one on the line. And, um, yeah, you can do that as well. Mm -hmm. You can do that. Or... um, (laughs) um, Or you can can tell tell me in chat what you uh, discovered from... um, Yeah, what you discovered from what you had... Mhm. Mhm. So it's up to you. It's up to you. You can either press 1 or uh you can come on. Mhm. 5156059794 is the number to call. Press 1 when you get on the phone lines. 
and you can come and you can share your experience. All right, let's go to the caller calling in from area code 2174. 2174, you're live on Planet Remix. Hello. Yes, hello. Take us off speakerphone, please, because we're getting an echo there. Okay. Hello. Yes, hello. Who's on the hello. line? Yes, hello. My name Who's is on Carisha. the line? Yes, What's my your name? name is Carisha. Carisha. Hi, Carisha. Hi. Mm-hmm. Hi. Um, I was feeling a sense of peace like a sense of happiness. Um, it took me back to my childhood when mm-hmm. what what object did you shapeshift I, into? I shapeshift into my Anubis necklace that I have. Ah, okay. It took you back to your childhood? Okay, all right. And what yeah. happened? Like I just felt like a sense of peace. Like mm prosperity. My frequency went up because I went to a room, so I'm sitting in a room, and my vibration went high. So it was like in the process of me doing it, it went up from my spine all the way to my crown chakra. It's like my kundalini energy. Yeah. It was rising up. So I'm like, damn. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, did you tell us about it? Did you get any visions? Like you, you mentioned, it took you back to your childhood. Was there anything in particular that stood out to you? What What was that like? It was like when it took me back to my childhood. I just remember being happy and laughing and playing, and it was like I had yeah. a vision of. Me and my cousins, like the stuff that we used to do, like we used to play double dash and we used to go get my grandma phone cords and play double dash with them. <laughs> Draw on the sidewalk, just like when wow. we had a good time, like going mm. to get icy cups. And just, it just brought me back to my inner child. Wow, I love you know? that. That is so powerful. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is really cool and so powerful. And it shows that you just tapped in. You were able to tap in and go really, really deep. So great work. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, Hold the line. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, go ahead. Hello? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had uh, contacted you or whatever. I'm superior vessel. So I had contacted you because I wanted to know, like, um, how could I get a personal reading? And it was some things that I didn't want to, like, discuss on, like, over the phone. I wanted it to be a personal reading. Okay. Well, that's fair enough, and I'm glad you clarified that. Email me. And here's the thing. I do have a waiting list. And so I promise you guys Mm -hmm. I'm moving as fast as I can. Um, to do those okay. readings. I do have a waiting list. Do this for me, Belle. I want you to send me another email and let me know a little bit about what's going on and, um, okay. you know, what you want to talk about. And just, you know, also let, let us know that you spoke with me tonight on the show and, and your name in chat because sometimes you guys got like these 50 different names and... Um, uh-huh. 
<laughs> yeah. So s- send me that, and we- and we'll be able to do that. So send that to me. Okay. All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Peace and love. Yeah. Wow. That is so good. Let's go to the next caller calling in from area code four zero four eight. You're live on Planet Dreamings. Good evening. Can you hear me? This is Erica. All right. Greetings, Priestess Erica. <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> you know what? You said that Jupiter Kit was going to be a wild ride. But it was, you know what? It was ex- It was exhilarating. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a, mm-hmm. like a whole lot of energy, but wonderful. One thing I do know is to clear something, some things around it where I have it, like to right. give it more its own space. Um, well, why don't you tell everyone, because everyone may not know what you shape-shifted into, uh, so they may not be in the Jupiter blue room. Jupiter money kit. Yes, oh, okay. yes, my Jupiter money kit um, <laughs> I shape-shifted into, because when, when, when I was deciding, it was between my Smurf clock, and but I've already been in that before. I've already shape-shifted in that. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> but I wow, do how cool is that? Right. But, um, but yeah, like it, it, it really, it almost, it almost felt like some cardio, <laughs> but it was, it was wow. exhilarating. But it's a wonderful feeling though, like a very wonderful feeling. Mm, good, good. Wow. Powerful. Powerful. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I absolutely love it. Yes, and I have to say that the this feng shui share is still to this day what I clean my sacred space to. I love to put this wow. on when I'm clean when I'm um cleaning or just you know, just updating the feng shui, upgrading mm-hmm. it. I mm-hmm. still listen to it, and it gives me such a um, wonderful uh, frequency while I'm doing it. Well, good. Well, good. Well, good. Wow. Yeah, it's 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 definitely a throwback. I just can't believe it's been over ten years since I did this show, but Yay. I absolutely love Feng Shui. And uh, this is a Yay. perfect time for us to, to dive back in. Thank you so much for that, Erica. And Thank thanks for coming you. on Thank and you. sharing that experience. Hold the line. Oh, wow. How cool is that? Mm. Wow. So I'm reading some of the comments here in the Blue Room. And I want to go to Divine Alchemy Elixir. says, shape-shifted into a large purple amethyst. Felt like the purpose was to stabilize the energy and radiate a peaceful yet activating tingling vibration in the atmosphere. Oh, wow. We are definitely feeling that. Let's go to Margaret Ramirez. She said, it felt like a reflection, an overstuffed box represented by my overwhelmedness. I have my father staying with me, and sometimes it's a bit much. I love that. Griffin says, I am holding on to this dream catcher that I made when I was with my ex, and I think I need to throw it away. It's kind of sad, as I don't want to, but I think I need to or remake it. 
Mm. Well, that's interesting, uh, Griffin. I want you to hold that thought because every object that we may not want to keep, we do have an opportunity, and we'll talk about it here. Um, We'll dive into that part, too, where you can actually change the energy in something. If it's something you want, you can actually still keep it, but you can remove the energy that's in it and change it. And, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. C. Miller says, ended up doing my giraffe statue. Oh, I got to go up. It says, with its head facing backwards, I felt protected, like my back was protected, but also ready to fight slash go, so to speak. I love it. I really, really love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to 8437. 8437, you're live hello? on Planet Remix. Yes, hello. Who's on the line? I am Gigi Lee. Happy to meet you. Oh, happy to meet you. Is this your first? And let me say your name right. Gigi Lee. Gigi. <laughs> Lee. All right. I love that. Yeah. Where are you calling from? I am in South Carolina. Oh, you're you're, okay. I got family there, South Click. All right. And so tell us about your shape-shifting experience. Okay. So I have an evil eye pendant on the wall that has 11 eyes. And Mm -hmm. it... So I shape-shifted into that, and so at first I started to feel something in my uh, third eye, like, uh, bright, and then I started feeling the, it was like uh, different circles. It was just mm. it, and, and so, and I felt the rays of it coming out, basically. Right. And then I went to, I felt like, what it was protecting from. Mm. And I was just like, ooh, I'm not I don't even want to think about this. So I left before you before you told us to leave. I left. <laughs> but it was good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, this is one thing for sure. You know that you actually had the ability and you shape shifted into it. Because it is a different energy, like you could really feel yourself. I actually shape-shifted into our self-invested Val. This Val? Oh, I love wow. It. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um. <laughs> yes, yeah. I felt, that felt good. Oh, and I also felt the dust fall on mm. the, the pendant on the wall. I literally felt dust fall on the <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, see, we, we think about these concepts that sometimes we see in movies or maybe we read about throughout history or, you know, someone has shared with us to do, um, you know, I was watching an interview with David Bland. You guys know who David Bland is? The guy, the magic man, David Bland. Anyway, uh, really, really cool. But one of the things about him is that even though he does what we quote unquote would call magic tricks, he really explained how they're not really tricks. Like most of what he does defies 
sort of our understanding of who we are and what we what we are capable of doing. And so things like shape shifting and we see it sometimes in movies it could be very mystical it could be very magical these things can you can really do them like you literally can shift into something else now you're not morphing like a power ranger or like you know in some of the cartoons where you you can physically turn into that animal or like the (laughs) x-men but energetically you can move your energy from one place to another thing to another thing. And everything holds consciousness, right? So it's really right. real. It really is real. And throughout history, we've gained so much understanding. Um, a lot of our four founders, and, I'm, and when I say four founders, I'm talking about of the planet that discovered things Ooh. from Egypt to Greece, to India, to China, the Middle East, um, coming from Europe, they use these abilities to get understandings about the world and the things in our world that we live with and even the things that we're making. You know, so I think it's really, really cool. And I, you know, any chance that you get to get a better understanding about how you have a connection with something and something has a connection with you, it is a, a mm-hmm. great opportunity to do it. So job well done. <laughs> Period. Thank you so much. Job I'm well so, I just, done. I just discovered you. I'm so happy to meet you. Oh, this is your first time. You are a remix newbie, uh, a real virgin yeah, here. Yeah. So we are so happy yeah. to have you. Wow, this is beautiful. <laughs> Welcome oh, to Planet Remix. All right, this is the remix. <laughs> I love it. I love your energy. It's amazing. Hold the line, hold the line. Wow, how cool is that? So we're going to keep going, you guys, because we got some more goodies going with the Ancient Art of Feng Shui 2020 edition, right? 2020. And uh, so here we go. Um, one sister discovered that the reason that she was holding on to this chair, even though the legs were broken, even though maybe the kids had broke the springs in the middle of the chair, the chair was actually something that was given to her by her father. And her and her father really didn't have a good relationship growing up. And it was really the only thing that her father had ever given to her. And really having that chair there, even though they still didn't have a good relationship, that chair represented her connection to her father. And really, even it in its broken state was how she really seen her father. One of the things that she noticed is that she wouldn't let her kids like really do a lot of stuff in the living room. But that one particular chair was kind of like the place where everything, it was kind of the free-for-all spot. It's where everybody could go, they could jump up and down. She allowed them to do everything to this particular chair because inadvertently it was her really understanding that relationship and the frustration and the anger that she had with her father in that particular chair. Now, if you happen to find something in your home or you happen to find something that is connected with you that is negative, have no fear. You can clear the energy, and in most cases, if it is something that can be repaired, then it should be repaired and you can keep it. 
In this case, for this particular sister, she felt that what was in the best interest for her was to get rid of the chair because it wasn't serving her in the best way. It really was bringing her energy down. She was trying to find out why every time she came back into her home, she felt this way, you know? So it's a lot of profound meaning or hidden meanings that we can find in different things that are in our home and also um, what their meaning is, what the deeper meaning is to ourselves. So now we're going to be talking about the different meanings of different rooms in the home. So hopefully we're doing okay here. We're talking about feng shui, sacred spaces, and also how it relates to you, how you can raise sort of that frequency and begin to turn your home into a template that is fostering energy of prosperity and all different areas of your life and really helping you to transcend yourself into who it is that you really are. Okay, so we're going to be talking about deeper meanings of rooms and what it really means. We're going to go to, through different areas of the house and we're going to talk about what they mean. The first room we're going to talk about is, let's see what we'll talk about first. Um, hmm. We're going to talk about the bedroom. Let's talk a little bit about the bedroom. We'll talk some more about this. But the bedroom, what the bedroom symbolizes is really it's about the inner self and also the subconscious mind. So some of the things you can tell, if you walk into your bedroom and your bedroom is neat, it's tidy, um, or I should say your house is neat and tidy, but your bedroom sort of kind of looks like Friday night at Dave and Buster's. <laughs> then this is really going to let you know that what is beneath all of this calm, organized surface, there is some deeper, deeper issues that you need to begin to work on. Now, on the flip side of that, if let's just say your whole house was sort of kind of uh, in a state of chaos or it looked like Dave and Buster's on a Friday night, but your bedroom, your sanctuary, the place where you lay your head, was really a place of peace and sort of harmony, then what that could also suggest is that you might be able to handle a lot of different things going on in your life at one time. It really just shows that you're a good multitasker. Now, that could be it, that it shows that. And also beneath the surface, your inner self or your subconscious mind is really, really standing square on your square standing solid, I should say, on your square. So that means that you kind of got it together, um, your inner world, because your bedroom is really representative of the inner self and the subconscious mind. So now let's talk about when someone is entering into your home, or some would call that the threshold. And the threshold is a really, really important part. We talked about this earlier. It sort of is like an altar. It's really um, symbolic of really representing sort of that bridge, like I said, between or the transition point between the outer and the inner world. It really sets the energy for your home and also for your, um, for your whole life. So very important. When someone is entering in your home, some of the things that they tell you in feng shui that should not be there is not to have shoes lined up by the door. Because shoes, people, their shoes carry different energy and different vibration. And when you bring that energy into your home, it begins to get released and it releases all throughout the house. So how can you fix this? 
really, if you have a closet up front or perhaps, let's say, a box or something to put things in, then you can begin to have people, when they come in and take off their shoes, to put them in the box, to put them inside of the box. Also, um, some people have people store their shoes outside of the door. That's actually not a good thing to do in feng shui either. You want to be very careful with that because you don't want to have clutter outside of the door because really the, the entranceway or the opening of your home, of your door, this is considered or symbolic of the mouth. It is the opening or calling the opening point of the mouth. And so this is where the chi, chi, the positive chi is coming in. And so everything that is in that area is going to be influenced. And that chi, that energy, is going to be flowing into the house. And this is why even in gospel songs you hear this. You might have heard this symbolically um, when you talk about it to your parents. A good book, an excellent book that talks about this really from the perspective um, of coming from hoodoo is called Sticks and Stones, Roots and Bones, and it's by Stephanie um, Rosebird. It is an excellent book. I would recommend that anyone um, get this book. Um, it really talks about some of these traditional things, the importance of sweeping, the importance of a broom, uh, and different um, portal places in our house where we can also shift the energy around too. So it's about exploring the history, the mystery, and the magic of hoodoo. And uh, again, the book is called Sticks and Stones, Roots and Bones by Stephanie Rosebird. It's, it's a book that I think is a must. I brought it some time ago, and it's been very, very helpful for a lot of things. But this is why it's important when we talk around, there's a gospel song called Sweep Around Your Front Door. This is why it's important to do that, because that is symbolic of really sweeping away the negative chi of when people are entering the mouth or entering into the threshold or coming into the door. Thresholds are really considered to be sacred areas. Um, now, in past times, or really in ancient time, it was often marked by an altar or a sacred symbol. So that's important. So you want to have sort of that entranceway when people are coming in. You want to have that really kind of set up like a sacred space, not crowded. It really should be nothing there. This is really a clear space where energy is coming in, where you want positive chi to be able to enter into the mouth or enter into your home. Another good thing um, that Feng Shui suggests about the entranceway is really to really, really make sure that it is an honored place, both in the physical and the spiritual sense. So it's really good if you had sort of some statues to place by the door. Some of the things that you can place there, you can actually place um, a statue of Isis, a statue of, of, of Horus or Heru. You can pay, place those statues somewhere close by your door um, in the entrance way to really, really just tapping into those different um, energies or, or different template energies when it comes to spiritual things in front of your door. It's really good to have those things there. A lot of times you will see people, they will have pictures, they'll have things of prosperity, things dealing with life. You want to have those things, but you want to make sure that the area is honored like a sacred space because it is. Um, it is considered the point, the entrance point of where chi flows and where energy flows as well. Since we're talking about this, I think it's a good time to share this too. What's also um, 
known in Feng Shui is that typically when you go to any of the Chinese restaurants or any of the restaurants or any of the cultures from um, sort of the East that practice Feng Shui, um, really having prosperity in many different areas, as well as the Black, abundance, prosperity, health, wealth, all of these things, they're connected with it. And sometimes you will often see a door in gold, just really symbolizing or recognizing sort of the alchemy of going from black to gold. You'll see that as well. Um, I went to North, no, it wasn't North Carolina. I actually was in Georgia um, visiting some family a couple of years back. And one of the things that I noticed um, when it got into some of the, the higher end homes and you may see this where you live as well, but it's not to say that that's the only ones that can do it. But typically, this is where you see some of these templates for feng shui practice here in America, in our country. But my cousin took me to, he lives in a subdivision outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, and many of you who live there may know where I'm talking about. But he actually lives like not far, matter of fact, across the street, so to speak, from where Evandra Holyfield's mansion was. And there's a subdivision there where a lot of the basketball players, a lot of the football players, a lot of the stars and celebrities have their homes. They're multi-million dollar homes and they're very expensive homes. We went riding through the neighborhood. And one of the things that I noticed is that it seemed like almost every single door that I was looking at, the doors were painted black. They were either black or they were gold. And I was like, wow, I wonder why you began to see the different colored doors when you get into the higher end homes. Now, since we're talking about homes, this is a good way to make a point here about talking about the Zulu tribe. One of the things about the Zulu tribe that they believe is that the Zulu tribes and a lot of our ancient tribes did not believe um, in having square houses. All of their houses were round. And that's because they believe that corners is where evil lied. And in Feng Shui, that translation came down thousands of years later that they will tell you in Feng Shui, that's where stale or stagnant energy is. It's in the corner. Now, once we get into the in, the, in the second session, when we talk about clearing that particular area, we'll be able to talk more about how you can do that. But it was interesting to see the black doors um, it was interesting to see some of the red doors and also recognizing the gold doors. So these are some simple things that you can begin to do to help bring more chi, more arit, or more life force energy into your home, into your home. La, 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 la. Hey, this is Baby Blue, and remember, if nothing else moves you, life will. Ladies and gentlemen, stop! It's the remix! This is Blue Raspberry Wind, and you are live in the remix. Mm, mm, mm. Hey, yeah! Okay. As we continue, we're going to talk about the front entranceway. I want to talk about this a little bit more because this is going to show you sort of some correlations here between yourself. If you find that you're sort of kind of struggling in your life and uh, maybe perhaps you also feel like you're kind of doing the same thing, repeating the lessons 
um, over and over again, not getting things right or good to go on the first time, the first place to look is actually to look at your entranceway. What's going to be important about the entranceway? We talked about it being sort of the opening portal or where chi actually gets to come in. It is the first impression that people see when they come into your house. We all know that. And um, this can be very impactive, not only to yourself, but others who come in as well, too. So the key thing, you want to make sure that your entranceway is not, it doesn't have any clutter and there's nothing dirty, that it's very clean, very well lit. You want to make sure that it is clutter-free in your entranceway. And here's one of the reasons why. In traditional feng shui, one of the things that is noted is that when you first experience, if, if you're first experiencing this when you come into your home, like you're kind of pushing your way in, you have to kind of move shoes out the way, you kind of have to push the door open because maybe you have some recycling bins there, maybe newspaper or Sometimes people want to put little shells and things by their front door to remind them to take things out when they're leaving the house so that they don't forget it. This is not a good idea under no circumstances because really this is order, um, sort of symbolic uh, and also can be creating obstacles that you need to push your way through life. So when you have a lot of clutter, if you're finding that you feel like you got to kind of force your way through life, you're really sort of kind of um, having a lot of obstacles that you're dealing with. The first thing you want to do on the level of feng shui, of course, there's other levels that we're going to talk about, but today it's feng shui. So from the feng shui perspective, which is your home, an extension of you, or whether that be your apartment or whether it be your sacred space, you want to make sure you clean that. You want to make sure that it is clear because this is very, very sensitive symbolic about how you deal with things in life. Are you pushing your way through life? You know, clearing these um, these portions or places in our house can really clear, to help clear up the obstacles that you're having actually in your own life. So take a look at those front entrance. And if you're using your entranceway as a place to sort of kind of store things like maybe recycling bins and all of that, that is really, really good. But that is also symbolic um, of you not getting the lesson the first time, you know, having to go through uh, different situations over and over again. And um, it really talks about your approach to life is constantly a recycling of your past. So things of the past. You know, things that you, lessons you don't want to repeat, it can be symbolic of you repeating those lessons over and over again. And also in Feng Shui, they believe that this can also include things like problems in your life, including illness and so on and so on. So it really can stem a lot further than that. So you want to make sure that you take care of that entranceway in your life and make sure it's clutter-free so that the chi is able to come into the light, come into your home and really cross over into that threshold as you begin to come into your life. So some of the other areas you want to think about um, as well, you want to talk about making sure that there's nothing behind doorways, um, especially doorways when you're coming in because it can um, obstruct the flow of chi of coming in. So you want to move anything that prevents the door from opening up 
fully. Um, so if you have clothes or something, you want to move them. Sometimes people typically put an iron board. They may put boxes and things. If the door is not able to open fully, then chi is not able to flow in. So also this includes passageways. You can think of different passageways in your homes um, or just like hallways or corridors. These act almost like arteries, um, almost like the arteries in your body. So you want to make sure that all passageways are clear too so that you can freely go in and out and move because this is about the energy that continuously flows through your body. Just like we begin to think about current, energy, current, same thing. This is also tied to abundance and prosperity, especially when you're looking at your money flow. See if you have a lot of clutter and things in the hallway that might be blocking you because this is something that can do that as well. Now, let's talk about things. Um, since we're dealing with this particular area, I want to kind of stay towards the entranceway because we're going to get into the bedroom and some of these other things too. But I want you to think about things on the floor, things on the floor, particularly clutter on the floor. And really, let's talk about what this means. It's important in feng shui to definitely keep clutter off the floor. What you can find is clutter on the floor or clutter at eye level is a constant, constant pulling down or draining of your energy. So a lot of people who suffer from depression, sometimes they may suffer from just a lack of energy, begin to look around and see if you have a lot of clutter on the floor, maybe piles of books. All of these things who, that are at the floor level, that are being placed on the floor, what it does is it actually pulls your energy down, um, and it can uh, contribute to you being in a depressed mood. Um, it can, um, you know, increase, um, what am I trying to say? It can actually take your energy away. It sort of steals your energy from you. So you do want to make sure that you... Um, keep things off the floor, um, especially when it comes to clutter. We're talking about clutter, keeping it off the floor, and it's never a good idea to have that at your entranceway because, again, this is this is sort of the, the transition point between the outer and the inner world, and it will pull your energy down. Okay, so now we're going to take a deeper meaning or take a look at, we're going to go into the living room. The living room is really sort of the gathering place. It is the place of really communication. Um, it's where the family gets together. It symbolizes harmonious relationships between everyone who stays in the house, whether it just be yourself or if you stay in a home and you live with other people. Now, if you have a living room that is seldom used, or no one really goes in there, or it's very uninviting. What this can often do, it can cause the members of the family to really kind of drift apart from each other. Um, it really can cause um, members of the party, um, members of the family to really begin to drift apart. It also, um, it also may reflect sort of the growing distance between yourself and others. So what's going to be key is to make sure that you have a living room um, that can be comfortable and also create um, a community between the members of the household or maybe people you would like to invite over. So the living room really, really should be sort of that reflection that really is about togetherness and really having people feel sort of that energy when they walk in. It should be a place 
where you want to go, a room that really just kind of says come in and sort of kind of make yourself comfortable here. Um, some of the things you can begin to do is you can display family members' photos, photos of your ancestors. You can also put um, some of your spiritual gar um, guardians there, um, put some statues there. I have a lot of um, statues um, in my living room that I have um, a lot of um, a lot of different statues, but I also have um, what is known as um, the masculine and feminine energy, um, uh, the, the African Venus, sort of symbolic of her, and also the counterpart or her consort, the male um, god. I have a sort of a some busts, I guess you can say. They're like carved out of wood that's in there. And other things that really just make people feel very, very inviting. Pictures, pictures of myself and my families and some of my ancestors, all of them that are there in the living room, really just giving that feeling so that people want to come in. It sort of is inviting and really conducive to that area. So this arranging things in this particular room you can do this to help promote better feelings between family members and also giving sort of that honor and respect to each other. You'll be able to do that too. So using different objects in the room is really um, a symbolic way that you can sort of kind of ease the difference um, between individuals and creating a space that is really about community. It's about fun and it's about joy. So these are the things that you want to have in the living room. If you share a place, you do want to take into consideration sort of the likes and those things that really make your energy go up for all members um, that stay inside the house um, so that that can be reflective in that space of where everyone comes together. And this is going to be very, very helpful. Now, here's the big one. We're going to be talking about kitchens. <laughs> We're going to be talking about kitchens. And what's interesting is that if you want to have more abundance in your life, um, if you have some health issues that you want to begin to work on, and you want to talk about prosperity and just really, really just sort of um, having these things in order, one of the things that you have to do is you have to get your kitchen in order. It is important. I cannot stress this enough. I know when I was growing up, one of the rules that we had in the house um, that my mother had, and it's something that um, for the most part, I'm not going to say it's perfect, I try to make sure that I do too. I don't go to bed with a dirty kitchen. That's key. I don't go to bed with a dirty kitchen. Now, I know for some of the brothers that live alone, I know sometimes this may be challenging for you, <laughs> as well as some of the sisters too, but this is really, really important because the kitchen is associated, it's also associated with fire, which is sort of the activating force of abundance. So okay. <laughs> I want to pop in really quick, one, to see how we're doing and uh, and to see if we have any questions. I, I just really wish that I could, um, I, I, I really wish that I could take the blue room and just kind of pull all the conversations um, on the phone lines or so you guys can hear the amazing conversation going on in the blue room about what everyone's doing and questions about being OCD and uh, about having things on the floor and, you know, um, can sort of, you know, think of it this way. 
um, I talked about how your sacred space is a reflection of what's happening with you or what's going on um, with everyone who lives in the home. And if it is in a disorderly or dis, uh, non-functional uh, or unhealthy state, then this is the internal workings of the individuals who stay in the sacred space. And about how things on the floor can pull your energy down. And that's a true fact, especially when it is clutter and or if it is just things that you have sitting there that you're not participating in. I want you to think about it like this because I think we all can relate to it this way. In our bodies, we have energy. Our energy flows through our energy centers. We know them as chakras, spinning wheels of light. We know it as kundalini energy. We know it as life force energy. We know that we have to have this energy and it flows through our body. Well, your house, your sacred space is the same way. It has to have a way for that energy to flow through. So just like sometimes you can feel when you're stuck and you have that feeling like, I just feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm not moving forward. I feel like things are not, things are not happening for me. You can look around at your sacred space and you can see where a lot of that reflection of what's going on inside is happening outside. And just a simple act by clearing or cleaning your desk, organizing it, putting things together, can actually help to clear your mind. It can help you put things in its proper place. It can help you to tap into your higher consciousness. Because remember, our external environment is only reflecting what's happening on the inside of us. Especially people who deal with conditions that they call like depression, sadness, or have drastic mood swings. It is critical for you to have things in an organized way. Now, there was a question that was asked in the Blue Room, and I think it was KM asked the question, can OCD be tied to trauma? Absolutely. So there is a flip side to there are extremes. At one time in my life, I was so OCD. Literally, you guys, you could call me at 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. I'd be up washing clothes, wiping down baseboards, wiping down the window sills, cleaning up things, mopping the floors, washing dishes that were already clean in the cabinet. Totally OCD. That's not healthy either. There needs to be a fine balance between that. So I want us to understand that, you know, feng shui, when we're we're looking at it from a totally different perspective than just cleaning our house, we are putting intention and purpose, understanding, 
and by all intents and purposes, we are also creating the laws of attraction to have things flow in our lives and flow a certain way. So you can see, and I can't remember, I think it was the brother astronaut um, that said, you know, what happens when you just find yourself sort of in a place where things are just piling themselves up very quickly. That is your mind cycling. So you're having a thought that just keeps cycling over and over. It could be a memory. It could be something that's bothering you, weighing heavy on your heart. Um, It could be some trauma you experience. It could be something that you want to accomplish or that you want to do. And it just keeps cycling and cycling and cycling in your mind. That is the energy of how it's moving through you. And so one of the things I would encourage you guys to do is this is a great share. And many people said that Erica came on tonight, Priestess Erica, and she shared too that she puts this on. (laughs) she puts this on while she's cleaning up. It's a great show to put on while you're cleaning up. I don't know if I talk about it in this segment, but I'll go ahead and say it here, is that you should really set a timer and only do 15 minutes at a time and pick a room. Just start, set the timer for 15 minutes, Put on the remix, put on some music if you want, put on your favorite show if you want to, but only 15 minutes. Set it on your phone, set it on the clock, put it on the microwave, stove, alarm clock, whatever you need to do, but only do 15 minutes. Pick a spot and start. 15 minutes. And then if you have time, do another 15 minutes the next day. Just 15 minutes, you will see a drastic difference. In fact, this show here is infused and encoded with intention to activate that feng shui energy inside of you. Many of you will be able to find yourself tomorrow cleaning up and not even know why, because it is getting into your subconscious. So when I did this show, I really did it so that it can embed and activate into your subconscious so that you will want to do this. So you would want to be able to do that. So you would want to get into the energy, the flow of making your sacred space the way you want it to be. Again, I I can't stress this enough. This is not just about cleaning. Because a lot, like I said, and very good question um, that someone asked, very um, significant response that someone in the blue room said, I believe it was KM that said, can OCD be tied to trauma? OCD is tied to trauma. It is. Something has traumatized you in your life. And you have used it as a way of cleaning It's usually tied to something that has to do sexually. It's tied to something that has to do with some sort of abuse. Um, 
It's tied to a lack of self-esteem. Um, it is tied to um, physical abuse. Um, so we use that term loosely, but really these things are tied to something and where you have decided, because we all get to pick our poison, that how we're going to work through these issues is we're going to clean. And by cleaning, we're purifying. We're erasing. We're making it perfect. It is searching for a state of perfection that cannot exist within. Yeah. Real talk. Y'all know how I feel about, come on. Y'all know Feng Shui is my shit. <laughs> Y'all know I love this. Um, so it, it, it's a point where it can be healthy and a point where it just takes you further into your own demise. So it's always things have to be sort of kind of brought into a balance with that. So somebody was talking about seeing something on the floor. If you see it right now, pick it up. Some of you have started picking up things now. I can see it. You started moving things around, straightening things up. Because naturally, this is the way that you want your energy to flow. So once you match your energy that's coming from inside of you with the energy inside of your sacred space, you become one with each other. And the house becomes this powerful rejuvenation, you know, uplifting energy, energizing machine. And when you cross that altar and open the door and come in your sacred space, your energy, if you need healing, if you, you know, um, if you need clarity on something, if you need peace on something, if you need to relax, if you have pain in your face, it starts to go away. And that's, you know, one of the things, one of my uh, degrees is in interior design. And I love that. I love good design, fine craftsmen. I love the placement of objects and, and, and things that are clean lines, pretty things and neat, but yet eclectic and magical in, in itself, you know. But I wanted to design my home that when you walked in, you would leave in a better condition than when you entered. And so when I would do home consultations for clients or, or working with people with feng shui or design, I would always ask them, how do you want to feel when you're walking into your home? How do you want to feel? And that's the place you work from. And anyone who knows about feng shui, study feng shui, or is a feng shui practitioner, the basic core of feng shui has to do, it's a very intuitive process. And our ancestors used it from that intuitive point of view. Feng shui is good design. You would not want to open the door and walk immediately into a chair. You already know the feng shui is bad up in here. You've ever been in an office or walked somewhere and you just felt uncomfortable the way the seating was. 
You went in someone's bedroom and you're thinking, why is their bed over there? Even if you're not thinking from a design point of view, it feels odd. That's why places like hotels, restaurants, um, you know, movie theaters, they hire feng shui practitioners to do the layout. Doctors' offices, because they want you to feel good coming in. And they know the importance of color. They know the importance of the pictures on the wall. They know the importance of, of, of what you see, what you hear, what you smell, you know, the textures that are around you is going to really begin to start connect, connecting with you and who you are. Oh, they definitely use it. Las Vegas is all done on feng shui. Boo, from the time you leave the airport to the time you step on the strip, all of that is feng shui. And if you haven't seen the new dome that is there, OMG, that is feng shui on steroids. And they also, we have the largest, 3D hologram flame in the world inside the dome that they built, the football dome that they built for the Raiders in Las Vegas. And from the time you come in until you just look around, you are seeing everything is with an intention. Everything has a purpose of being placed of where it is. Even the flow of how people walk in and their seating of where they're walking, everything. So it's pretty amazing. And you can do this. You can set an intention for your home. And you can say, when people come in here, I want them to be full of laughter and joy. And you can decorate and do your sacred space and people will just say, I don't know, every time I come over here, I just want to laugh. I want to have a good time. I just want to, one of my good friends, Sharon, her home is decorated as a very peaceful, relaxing space. And I promise you, you can be in her house no more than two or three minutes sitting on the couch and you will be asleep because she decorated it. That's the feel she wants. She wants that peaceful, that serene, that sort of just like you are, you know, out in the country and you're just relaxing. You get that feel no matter what time of the year. It doesn't matter what the weather is on the outside. That's it. I've always done that for my kids to tell them the ho your home is your castle. This is your safe haven. This is where you recharge your battery so that you go back out into the world. And when you come in here, I remember one time my daughter was sick in college. She wasn't feeling well. She had a fever. It was going up, going up, going up. I went to go get her and brought her home. Within less than 10 hours, she was healed. We did because we couldn't get a doctor's appointment and she didn't want to go to the emergency room. She got healed. It's what the sacred space does. It heals you, balances you. It brings you back into harmony. And you can do that no matter how big 
your space is. So some of you live with other people who may not share your same ideas, concepts, or even your style in decorating. It's okay. What you are in connection with, that's what you focus on. So if it's one room and you only have your bedroom, that's where you make it. You get your towels, you get your washcloth, you get your soap, you get your things that will enhance you. It's not about changing everyone to see it the way you see it. But this is where you have your sacred space and you're able to do feng shui no matter how big the house is, no matter how small it is. I don't care if you're living in your car, you can do that, which, by the way, is an extension of you. You need to also be doing feng shui inside your automobiles. So let's keep going. Uh, well, I see quite a few of you on the phone lines. We'll go to the phone lines in a minute. So if you're there, just keep holding on. We'll do that as well. And we're going <laughs> to uh, we're gonna keep going. Yeah, no, that's, that's the Tinkerbell snap. <laughs> Here we go. Let's keep going. Is where the sort of the jump off spot for abundance lies. It lies in the kitchen. The kitchen is the heart of the home. You know, this is something Queen Afua talks about a lot, you know, um, the preparation of foods when you think about your mother, when you think about your grandmother, or maybe even yourself, it is truly, truly a soulful and very spiritual activity to be in the kitchen and really, really um, cooking. It really, really just reminds us of our place in the great sort of kind of cycle of life. And we, we really, for lack of a better word, I think I read this somewhere, but we really depend on the abundance of the earth in order to sustain ourselves. And so the kitchen is the relationship. This, this relationship is really ritualized throughout, you know, throughout the day and every day. So the room the kitchen, the kitchen in your home in feng shui, it symbolizes prosperity, finances, resources, and all of that. And it, it's everything. It's where the connection with what sustains you. It is that connection. It is that bridge, just like your heart is. You know, if your heart is not functioning right, then it causes everything else to sort of kind of go out of whack, you know. So this is important. The kitchen is important. Huh, huh, huh. So, kitchen, kitchen, kitchen. Clean your kitchen. You might have even noticed that whenever you have a gathering or people come over or maybe you're at your family's house or a family reunion and someone goes to the house, the place where everybody sort of kind of migrates is in the kitchen. You know, it just takes that one person to sort of start to get to talking and cooking. And next thing you know, everyone is in the kitchen, kitchen because subconsciously, this is where sort of the nurturing comes out of. This is where healing begins in the kitchen. So some of the things you definitely want to do when it comes to chi and making sure that the chi, the flow of energy, is flowing fully and freely inside the kitchen. The kitchen needs to be clean first and foremost. And we're talking about everything um, from the floors, you know, to the countertops and everything. It needs to be light and it should have sort of an airy-like feel. You know, um, making sure that you can have both natural lights. That's why you'll notice most kitchens will have a window in it. 
almost every single kitchen has a window or a way that uh, adjacent to the kitchen, there is a window so light can come in because you do, you do want to have a lot of light in the kitchen. Um, you do want to have colors, cheerful colors or different accent colors in the kitchen. Um, this is going to help you with health and happiness and vitality. Um, it's always good, and you see this. I grow uh, a couple of little herbs in my window, just sort of in my window there in the kitchen. It's good to do that. It's good to have sort of that connection there. Hmm. Let's see what else. Surface should be free of clutter. Um, very, very easy to prepare meals. You know, bright pots or have ceramic dishes wooden spoons, you know, all of these things to prepare your meal for, um, these things, because this is really nourishing your spirit. You know, the things in the kitchen should not just be things that you're just using as utensils, but really begin to look at them in more of a symbolic way. And this is why women, we take a lot of pride, and men who are also, anyone who considers themselves a cook or a chef, they take a lot of pride with the work that's being done in the kitchen, because it is really an important place. And so the mood that you create in the kitchen is going to affect the health and vitality of everyone who lives in that house. So very, very important to make sure that you keep the kitchen that way. So take, you know, take time to make the kitchen a place that you want to spend time with. You know, really make it sort of that um, vibrant sort of kind of force of energy in your kitchen um, as well, too. So this is, is an important room. It is the kitchen, <laughs> the heart of the matter in the home. So now we're going to talk about something um, that is kind of gets a bad rap, I guess you can say, when it comes to feng shui. Um, but we're going to talk about the bathroom. And uh, the first sort of perspective we want to look at when it comes to the bathroom is this, is that according to traditional feng shui, that the bathroom's location can actually have a negative effect on your wealth. And so these are some of the negative locations of the bathroom. And then I'll tell you, if your bathroom is located in this location, some of the things you want to begin to do to sort of kind of help change that. And one, if you have bathrooms that are located next to or above the front door, the second um, location that's not a good location or a negative location for bathrooms is that if you have a bathroom that's on the second floor and it is directly above the kitchen or the front door. Now, the other position is bathrooms that are located in the center of an office or in the center of a house, you know, and also bathrooms that are located underneath the stairs. Now, this may seem like it's a lot of restrictions or it may seem kind of a little bit crazy, but there's really some sound reasons for using these feng shui um, principles. For instance, a bathroom in the front door or in the front hall, um, close to the door or, or, or really, really close to the door or at the end of a straight hallway, what it can actually do is it actually will... <laughs> it actually will drain the chi away before it has a chance to actually circulate through the rest of the house. So if you have a bathroom that's located in this particular area, we'll talk about a couple of things that you can do to help do that. Now, think about this way. Similarities. The water energy in the bathroom, when we're talking about the bathroom above the kitchen, 
So if the bathroom is above the kitchen, um, it really insta- it, 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 it sort of um, extinguishes the, the, um, the heart's fire energy and flows similarities of water in bathroom above the kitchen. What it does is it actually extinguishes the heart's fire energy and floods the entire kitchen with negativity. And this is potentially damaging to both the health aspect of the people who live in the house and also prosperity. Now, the bathrooms that is in the center of the home, feng shui, um, traditional feng shui say this is really the worst location. And the reason for this is because centrally located bathrooms, what it does is it destabilizes the energy in the whole home. Now, if you notice that you have a bathroom that is lying in one of these problem areas, you know, it is some ways that you can do certain things to really kind of help that. Now, here's some simple tips that you can begin to do. And you can find this anywhere at Walmart. They sell these mirrors and everything. So a full-length mirror that you want to begin to put on the outside of the bathroom door. You want to get one that's flat and one that kind of goes in the inside. You want to do that. Um, on the outside of the bathroom door. You also want to consider keeping a bowl of um, pebbles on a shelf above the toilet, um, above the toilet or the basin itself if you don't have shelves. You also want to think about using black or red colored rugs at the base of the pedestal. Um, It could be used as a protection device. Now, here's the reason why. The reason for the mirror is because the mirror on the door, what it's going to do is it's going to help deflect the chi so that it won't get drained away. Because one of the things that the bathroom is symbolic of is this is a point of releasal. You know, again, Queen Afua talks about this in her book, Heal Thyself. But this is a place of cleansing and purification. It's where we let go and sort of kind of release all of our problems. We know about water's um, purification through our ancestors, very powerful element. And so that's what it does. It sort of kind of washes these things away. Now, if this is in these locations, what it's actually doing is it's washing away that healthy chi before it gets a chance to kind of flood itself or kind of move through the energy in the house. So you want to make sure that you either have a black or red rug at the base of the pedestal um, that way. So putting the mirror on the outside so that it won't drain the energy away. Another thing that's going to be very important for the bathroom is to keep the sinks and the shower drains closed when they're not in use. You want to make sure that you also put the toilet seat lid down. This is something ladies have been saying forever, but we want to put the toilet seat and the lid down when not in use. And this is also going to help um, the chi flow, slow the chi flow or prevent it from actually flowing down the drain. And so um, the earth energy will also help to control sort of the water and contrast those things to help you with financial opportunities just being flushed away. So the pebbles and different things like this is really going to help. That's what you can begin to do um, with Feng Shui. Now, if you happen to be one of those individuals that your bathroom is actually in the center of your home, here's some things you can do too. You can actually paint the wall red or paint an accent wall red. So when you come into the bathroom, you can see that red there. Place some stones or large crystals 
or any type of earthy energy into a ceramic bowl or vase or, you know, you can even have a statue or something there. You want to place something like that into each corner of the bathroom. Again, we talked about corners. And one of the things in feng shui when it comes to corners is really where stagnant energy sets up. If you look around your house, if you look around your room, not just to mention your bathroom, you will notice that the corners is always where the dirt sort of kind of goes. <laughs> the corners is always where you're prompted to put things. You know, you may put a pile of books, maybe a pile of clothes. We're just really, really prone to throwing things in the corners. Now, the Zulu tribe believed that they didn't have corners in their house, as I stated to you earlier, because they felt that that's where evil um energy lie. That, that was very, very negative to do that. So you want to make sure that um, you take care of those corners in the bathroom as well, too. So you can also put the full-length mirror. This is for people who have the bathrooms in the center of the home. You can have a full-length mirror on both the entrance door um, as well as um, the bathroom door. This is for when you come straight in your house and you have um, a bathroom right there. So these are some of the things, and this is going to help stabilize the energy by balancing out the negative chi with the positive chi. So that's just the tip on that. Now, if you stay, let's say, in a two-story house or you stay in a townhouse or something of that nature where the bathroom is actually above the kitchen, some of the things that you can do is you can actually begin to hang crystals around. Now, that gets into some more of the science part of feng shui. Um, on those. So um, we're not going to really, really, really get too far into that because it's going to take us a long time. But some of the main, main things that have to be maintained in order for you to be keeping these channels of, of things open in the bathroom, you want to make sure that the bathroom is cleaned on a daily basis. You know, you want to make sure you sanitize. Um, it's going to strengthen and support the chi. Now, a dirty bathroom on the other other side, what it's going to do is it sort of kind of um, emphasize the negative qualities of this room. And if the occupants um, or any of the uh, challenging locations above, it's going to it's going to bring negative chi with them, and this negative chi will sort of kind of follow them around. So it is essential to keep the bathroom sort of kind of sparkling clean tidy and you want to make sure that it's well lit so that's it so both for the bathroom itself and the toilet you always 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 want to make sure that the plumbing fixtures are spotless and you want to make sure that they're working because there's some things um and we're going to talk about this here that can what this can mean whenever you have dripping taps this encourages you to waste money Noising plumbing, like if you have like your pipes sometimes are making noises, this really, really is an indication or it really is a disturbance on a, a subliminal level. And it also has that, you know, we'll talk about what these things mean, but really it starts to really sort of kind of plant the seed of, of irritation within you. So you want to make sure you keep the bathroom sort of kind of light and airy and well lit, you know, all of these things. Um, to help. Um, for the bathroom or the toilet, you can include sort of kind of a, a light gray or cream colors or some pale blues. And uh, that'll be something that perhaps we can talk about uh, another time. But in the bathroom, those are some of the things that you need 
to remember is um, you want to make sure that the bathroom stays in the place. Um, you, when it comes to mirrors, and I'll say this really quick and we'll move on from here, but you want to make sure that um, if you have a mirror in the bathroom, that the mirror is placed where the toilet is not being reflected in the mirror. So you should not be able to look in the mirror and see the toilet. You don't want to do that <laughs> in the bathroom. Be careful not to do that, you know. Make sure that the mirrors in the bathroom um, that is not reflecting the toilet. If it is, you're going to need to put something in place of it so you can do that. Because what that is going to do is it, it's going to help the chi kind of flow out, the wealth chi flow out a lot faster. And I know you don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to do that. So it is important. So when your mama tells you to make sure the bathroom is clean, it's very important to do that. You know, when your woman tells you to put the lid down on the toilet, it's a reason for that. And closing up those faucets when they're not in use and keeping them nice and shiny and clean has more to do with just, you know, saying that this is about cleaning your house. This is actually about the chi, about the flow of chi, especially when it comes to that area of wealth and health and, and all of these things. So very important there in the bathroom. Let's talk about basements and sort of the deeper meaning of basements. Basements are almost always <laughs> um, symbols of things that are deeply, deeply, deeply embellished, I guess you can say, or rooted within your subconscious mind. It also represents um, sort of the desire that you are sort of suppressing things you are suppressing in your life. So if there is, if there is some deep negative programming in your life and you want to heal from this, the basement is actually going to be the perfect place. It's going to be the excellent place to start working on this because the basement also represents your foundation, um, sort of being firm, um, you know, being on firm ground in your life. So the basement is a great, a great place to start. Now, one of the things that's important, of course, I'm going to talk about this. The basement should definitely be clean. It should be a dry place, and it should maintain sort of a free of clutter look. So the basement needs to do that. Um, if you haven't got a clue what's down there, the first step is to start out by cleaning it out um, and begin to think about that because these things do affect us. They affect us on so many different levels. And so the first step is really to begin to clean it out. Sometimes we can believe that things that we don't know is not affecting us, but that's not true. Um, these are things that is um, affecting us on so many levels. If you find that you sort of begin to struggle, whether it's in the basement or any other room to begin to clean this out, then some of the things I'm going to challenge you to take a look at is that this is really, really a sign of some unresolved issues that you're still connected to in your life. So whenever you're reluctant to really kind of go into that junk drawer and begin to clean things out, there are some things that you're very reluctant to deal with in your life. Same thing with closets as well, too. So, you know, this is really, really sort of a litmus test for you. Um, know that when you start out, once you begin to clean these things out, it is a spiritual exercise, and it is also helping you work through different er areas of your life as well, too. And your basement can only function 
as sort of that strong support in your life after you've cleaned it out, after things are repaired, and it's sort of kind of made strong and waterproof, and um, you've sort of kind of, in a, in a symbolic way, you've made peace with it. You know, you know how good it feels when you go and there's something that you have to clean, whether it's the kitchen at the end of the day. It's very, very medit it's very, very therapeutic, excuse me. And oftentimes as women we know that when we're cleaning the kitchen we almost go into a meditative state. And sometimes men can find themselves doing this whether they're cleaning out their car, maybe they're taking care of their clothes and their shoes. And think about how many times you've been at the laundromat and you sort of kind of dozed off in a sense while you're washing clothes, while you're taking them and you're actually putting them in the washing machine. All of these things, because they are connected to us. And the laws of attraction, every single thing in your life, I don't care how beautiful it is, I don't care how grimy it is in your house, know that it has a deeper meaning to you. And so these are some of the things you can begin to take a look at so that you can find sort of the deeper meaning of what these objects actually mean to you and uh, begin to go from there. Now, let's talk a little bit more about addicts. So for those of you who don't have basements, let's talk about addicts. The addicts really symbolize um, really sort of your higher aspiration, those things that you want to reach for in your life um, in the attic. It really signifies you sort of kind of being closer to the oneness. You know, the attic is also symbolizes things that are hanging over your head or things that seem to be just beyond your grasp as well too. So when you begin to look around in your attic and those things that need to be taken care of um, when it comes to all different areas of your life, you want to think about that. As well as if you find that you have a tendency to place things out of your reach. So you know how sometimes we, we were talking about earlier how some people love to put things on the floor and make piles of stuff on the floor. Maybe you tend to put things high up. You know, you may want to put them very, very high up. So often when you have to get to them, you have to get a chair or you have to get a step stool or you always find yourself reaching. What you're doing is you're actually creating um, sort of a belief system within yourself that says that you have to work hard for what you get. So if that is the case, you do want to bring those things down and make it a point not to continuously put things out of your reach, especially not those things that you'll be needing to get to on a day-to-day -day basis because you're creating sort of this belief system within yourself and your subconscious mind that whenever you try to do something, it requires a lot of hard work. It is reinforcing this belief, and so that's how you're going to counterbalance that. All right, so now we're going to move on. We're going to talk about different things like plumbing, electricity, um, um, talk about windows and doors, and also your heating system um, in your house as we get ready to continue here talking about ancient feng shui, um, really just talking about it remix style. I'm your host, of course, Miss Blue, sharing some information that have been very, very helpful for me and close to my heart, and I'm sure it will be for you as well, too. So we know that our home, Every place where we live, our house, our apartment, wherever we stay, is really just a reflection of us. It is the place where people can come in and they really can get to know more about who we are. So now we're going to continue and begin to talk about the deeper meaning of things in your home. Let's talk about the plumbing. Huh. Now, 
the plumbing actually represents, and you'll see this when you do your research and you begin to talk about um, different areas of feng shui, uh, excellent reference for this is uh, Delise. Denise Lynn. She does a lot of work with Feng Sway and uh, talking about it from many different aspects. But um, plumbing, plumbing, the system in your home can represent different aspects of your life. So while it's true that you may have a clogged drain, that may be true that you have a clogged drain. Maybe that is true that you have that. Know that the plumbing problem does need to be fixed. I think we can all agree with that. But let's sort of kind of go on a deeper level and see what that is. And in many cases, what you'll find is whenever you're having plumbing problems, the deeper or sort of the subconscious issue is really associated with emotions and the subconscious. A clogged drain represents sort of clogged emotions. You know, they represent sort of the sluggishness, you know, um, <laughs> It's, you know, it's an indication that you need to have more exercise. If you feel that you're sluggish, if you're, if you're having sort of some emotional um, situations that you can't deal with, that's sort of kind of clogging you up, sort of kind of stopping you a little bit. That's the reason for that. Now, sometimes in the wintertime, this happens a lot. And sometimes in the summer, you may have been over someone's house or maybe perhaps your house. And this is why you want to take care of this, a drippy tap. If you have that, it's, it's, it's sort of that small irritation of an emotional situation in your life. Um, and it, what it does is it really, really shows that you're losing life force. You're losing your chi. You know, you're losing sort of that zest. You're losing sort of that magic in your life. And so a drippy faucet is an indication that you need to begin to take a look at what is it in your life that's bothering you at this time. What emotional things do you have going on that you're dealing with? You know, that is it. Now, let's talk about overflow. You know, overflowing of the plummet. Maybe you have a toilet that backs up, maybe a sink um, that begins to overflow, or maybe you're running your bath water and you're not paying attention, the overflow. This can also mean for you that you have an overflow of emotions. Too much water pressure means that you're under too much emotional pressure. You know, one of the things you should begin to check with your health if you have this situation going on with you is your blood pressure. You know, too, water, too little water pressure is an indication that your emotions are kind of wearing, you know, they're kind of going down, you know, kind of going down. A busted pipe can indicate a long built up emotion, especially anger. So if you have a busted pipe, I can assure you that someone in that home has a situation inside of them that is either they're ready to explode with it or they have already done the outbursts of anger and this emotion. So these are some things to begin to look at. So it's important that if you have these situations going on in your home, not only do you take care of them just for the well-being of where you stay, but you also want to begin to take a look at yourself as well and make those corrections within yourself and begin to work towards that healing also. Now, here's one that I found to be very, very interesting because this is something that we'll be able to sort of do the correspondence, and a lot of you could probably relate to the situation, and I've even spoke to a lot of you about this in some of the sessions that we've done as well, too. You might find that there's a particular time in your home when light bulbs are just blowing out. It just seems like every time you turn around, 
a light bulb is blowing out. Now, it's a couple of reasons for that. A couple of reasons for that. And uh, one of the things that you may want to begin to take a, take a look at, because your electrical system in your home can be a metaphor for your actual, your own personal energy. So, you know, our bodies exchange sort of this energy all the time. And so things are moving through us um, through different titans in our lives. But here's a reason. If you're finding that light bulbs are constantly going out in your life, every time you turn around, you got to replace a light bulb, it could be an indication that you're going through a time of transformation. So a lot of times when you're transforming or going to a transformation, the next level, whatever we want to call it, you'll notice that light bulbs start blowing out around your house. Um, this is something that I actually experience as well, too. Now, on the other side of that, it could be that the circuits are kind of overloaded and the light bulbs are currently blowing out as well, too. And this is also an indication that could mean that you're not taking enough time for rest and relaxation. So this is about that energy flowing through you and that you need to begin to take some time for your own rest and relaxation. It can also mean that you're giving out too much energy and not taking enough energy in for yourself. And I've experienced that as well, too. So these are some things to be to begin to look at. Um, it also represents, like I said, about a transformational time in your life. These things are symbolic. So know that your house speaks to you, too. Your house is also letting you know as above, so below. And that's a very, very um, powerful reflection. So now let's take a look at when it comes to your heating and your cooling system in your house. If you constantly find that for whatever reason, it's hard to keep the temperature where you want it, maybe you're too hot in the house and then all of a sudden, maybe you're too cold in the house. And then when you cool it, then all of a sudden you find that you're also um, hot in the house again. If you notice that this is going on for you and you're finding a hard time to maintain the balance of hot and cold in your house, um, you may also discover, excuse me, you may also discover that you tend to also overreact to situations in your life. So if you're constantly turning up the heat because it's too hot and then turning it back down because it's too cold, this is an indication of sort of sporadic energy in your life and that you want to begin to take a look at what's going on. Are you overreacting to situations that you're dealing with in the house? You can't find sort of that place of comfort or peace or balance within that. And so this indication of just the temperature in your house and that sensitivity to you is really an indication that you need to really, really begin to take a look at that. So next, we're going to be talking about sort of windows and also doors. In feng shui, windows are really the eyes of our home. And what they do is they represent sort of your view of how you see the world. And windows can also symbolize the ability to take in and also um, assimilate information, be able to process information um, as we begin to take in the information from the world that is around us. You know, they also represent your physical eyes as well, too. So that's important to know. And feng shui, if you have cracked or dirty windows, this can also be reflective of eye problems and also emotional difficulties of seeing the world around you properly. 
So some of the things you want to begin to do when it comes to your windows, you want to make sure that they're clean. Uh, you want to make sure if you have any cracked windows that you repair them. And uh, you also want to make sure that the presentation of how the window looks when you look at your window from the inside looking out and also from the outside looking in. What does that reflection look like? Now, this is something that's typically done in the South. <laughs> I kind of talked about this a little bit with Brother Panic, and he shared with me that this is not something they typically do in New York um, as well. But you see this in the South a lot of times, that people will take aluminum foil and they will put it in their window, sort of to act as a reflector to keep the heat out. That's a not so good thing to do because what that is doing, that is reflecting chi away from your house. So you don't want to do that. And you'll notice that houses that typically do this, they really almost have sort of like that dark, sort of kind of cloudy feeling, almost like it's the house in the neighborhood or the house on the block that really just kind of have darkness around them. And when there's a house and sort of the blinds from the outside look like they're ripped and they're torn or the curtains look like some things are going on in the house, it really does does not. The people who are in the house, I can almost challenge you that they really have difficulty dealing with perception, difficulty with dealing with things in the world, because this is really the symbolism of what this is, um, sort of this reflection coming back. So you want to make sure that you keep all of your windows. You want to make sure you keep them clean, of course. You want to keep them free of dust and dirt um, so that your perception of really being able to perceive things, disseminate information, and also take in information comes back to you in a very, very balanced way. Okay, another thing that we're going to talk about as we begin to wrap it up, it is so much that we can get into in Feng Shui, and uh, we'll see how this one goes. It was a, it's, it, you know, it's so much we can get into it, so many different levels, and I have so many different things I want to share. We haven't even began to touch the touch the iceberg. <laughs> the, well, let me start over. We have so many things to get into, so many things that we can talk about when it comes to feng shui and also when it comes to us as people and really clearing out spaces and doing things uh, that we can talk about this. Um, wow, we could do so many different shows. So we'll see. We haven't even begun to sort of kind of touch the surface when it comes to feng shui. But these are some of the beginning steps that you can begin to do. The first step in feng shui, the first, first thing, like I said, is sort of the prereq. Before you begin to get into that, it's really just begin to understand about how you are the extension of those things in your home. There, there's not a separation. Our ancestors didn't make a separation. We can see that from going back to very ancient times all the way up until today. Really beginning to take care of the clutter in our house because it is more than just about cleaning your house, but beginning to take care of the clutter in our house. Really clearing clutter is really a modern day alchemy. It's doing modern day alchemy or really working your magic when it comes to yourself. It is um, a continuation affirmation statement so that you can continue the process all the way through. And one of the fastest ways to complete transformation in your life is by clearing clutter. It's very, very powerful. So we're going to actually take this and sort of kind of close this up and talking about clutter. And what does clutter actually represent? What does it mean? So now, 
when we begin to talk about what clutter is, clutter is just really accumulation of things that really, really just sort of kind of restrict or um, really slows down the flow of energy in your home. Clutter is sometimes and almost always tied to your identity. It makes a statement, whether we want to believe it or not, about who you are, and it also can represent um, different aspects of your life. So clutter. Clutter is any object you don't love or you don't use. That's clutter. That's a part of clutter. Clutters are unwanted gifts that you kept just in case the person came back by the house. You know, it's that sweater that your mother gave you that you really don't like and you won't wear and you keep it. <laughs> Clutter is also empty pot plants that you have and you said you was going to transfer the plot, pots into a different place. Clutter is a whole bunch of paper of notes and things that you printed off the Internet, but you know you're not going to use it either. Clutter is magazines that you have that are just sitting around that you don't want to do anything with. And also clutter is bottles of pills um, and different potions that have expired or that you're not using. That's also clutter. Clutter is clothes that don't fit and clothes that you don't like. Clutter is also socks, socks that you don't have the match to and never will find. I mean, the dryer ate it. We all know that. But <laughs> clutter is anything that is half finished um, or something you've never completed. Um, clutter is that have been broken for a long time or you have the missing pieces. You know, clutters are things that really come into um, use, but you know in your heart it never will. You sort of kind of keep something, hoping that there will be an opportunity that one day you can pull it out and you can begin to use it. Clutter is something that's sort of kind of worn and torn that maybe have the rips and the holes in it, you know, like those pink panties, you know. <laughs> Clutter is partially used makeup, hair care products, lotions that we know we're not using anymore. All of these things are clutter. So now that we know um, what clutter is, um, <laughs> um, now that we know what clutter is, let's let's talk about why 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 do we keep clutter? You know, why are we all kind of guilty of clutter? Um, clutter, really, when you take a look at it. One of the reasons we begin to keep clutter is because it's out of habit. That's going to be first and foremost. The other reason we keep clutter is because it sort of kind of represents security. It's, it's, it's almost like a cushion to us. You know, we keep it for fear of the future. You know, that's another reason. And also, um, what's key is that clutter really represents sort of unfulfilled dreams. You know, um, it also represents our self-esteem. You know, we, it, it also is a feeling of responsibility to take care of their things. You know, really, the common, this is why, you know, we, we just want to keep it. You know, it becomes a part of us. Um, you know, sometimes we say that the reason we're keeping this clutter, it's been in our family for a long time, fear that we won't be liked or respected without having certain things, you know, um, we also keep clutter by using statements like, you know, it could be worth something one day, you know, it could be worth something. And some of it can be, you know, um, 
And the reason that um, we also say that we keep certain things, they don't make this no more. I said that about a lot of clothes I had, you know. I used to have this jacket, and I know they don't make jackets like this no more, but I had five of them that I never wore. And it kind of was like, they don't make jackets like this no more, you know. Um, and another reason, and this is this is key too, because I see this a lot, we keep clutter of things that maybe we purchase during hard times. And so this is sort of our reminder about sort of those, you know, humble beginnings where we came from. Um, we keep it because no one else will really take care of it like we did. And we don't feel that there's anyone or something we can give it to, you know. Um, we also keep things because we feel like, ah, if I give away the red sweater, it's going to hurt my mother's feelings, you know, so we keep it. You know, and we also keep it because we may keep clutter because we think that maybe it's something we'll need for another time. These are some of the reasons why we're holding on to these things of clutter. And even though some of those reasons and some are very good, it is um, very necessary that we do begin to take a look at clutter and space clearing when it comes to our sacred space, when it comes to um, incorporating some of these ancient traditions of feng shui, um, which we'll have to get into in another part we'll have to do when we talk about space clearing and how to do that as well, using salt and rainbow water and, and, and doing other things like the medicine wheel that we can talk about. But really, 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 clutter has an effect on you. It really, really can create chaos in your life. It can also become very depressing. You know, clutter makes you feel physically and emotionally heavy. You know, in a lot of cases, people shed their clutter and they actually lose weight, you know. Um, so clutter really, really has a big effect on us. It makes every task longer, you know. If there's clutter on the floor, like we talked about, it can pull your energy down. If it is clutter above you, it can represent problems hanging over your head. Um, if there's clutter underneath your bed, it can affect the way that you rest, the way that you sleep at night. Night, It can become very, very depressing. So it is important uh, to begin to do um, some clutter cleaning <laughs> in your life. We're going to actually um, talk about a, a declutter sort of meditation that I found that I think you guys will like. It's it's real interesting. And so we'll talk about that. Before I say that, though, I do want to caution anyone who just wants to get up and, and sort of kind of self-inspired to just clear all the clutter out of your house. Just keep in mind that this is really, really a spiritual exercise. And so, you know, we are really our tied to these things more than probably we realize and so often our identity are so tied to these things that we don't really want to let them go and sort of kind of forcing them to let them go you really will go through the emotions of somewhat having a spiritual death um, <laughs> so to speak of the ego so throwing away clutter sometimes you'll feel like it's throwing away a part of yourself so you do want to take this in phases and maybe start out with something like a drawer or maybe start out in your bathroom or, you know, maybe start out with different parts of your closet. Um, one of the things that I did because I found that I was accumulating so many books and sort of kind of ran out of spaces to put the books and information and things that I was getting um, for my own research is I decided to downsize my closet. 
And boy, I tell you, that was a spiritual exercise. I actually got rid of half the clothes in my closet so I could make room for books and other things that I was doing. Um, but it was a slow process. And so I would encourage each one of you um, to sort of kind of take this approach of clearing clutter, but not too fast to cause yourself to go into sort of a culture shock or a healing crisis. <laughs> because it can happen. It really can. It's almost as if someone were to tell you today, if you were sort of kind of addicted to soda or addicted to junk food, to stop doing it. Just cold turkey, someone who goes from smoking cigarettes to not smoking. You really can have sort of that withdrawal symptoms. And uh, you can also begin to feel sort of kind of out of balance or even get sick. So you want to begin to do this in a very slow process. It is a powerful transformation process. I can attest and sort of bear witness to that. But you definitely want to take it. Maybe just start out with your entrance way and then begin to work your way through your house. So we're going to get into a meditation like I said, it is so much we didn't even get to. I wanted to talk about, like I said, about clearing the energy of your house. So when you're moving, um, how you can connect with the spirit that's in your house, how you can begin to use colors and the elements to really influence the placement of things to really change the chi in your house. But in the meantime, you guys have, I think, enough information to get you started or get you back into the work of feng shui from an ancient perspective and really beginning to look at some of those things. So now we're going to talk about sort of going into the meditation to help with decluttering. So this is a very, very simple meditation that I'll share with you, and lots of people have used it because it works. It's very effective. What you're going to do when you get ready to begin to start to declutter, like I said, this is almost just the prereq to begin to space clearing and also using some of the principles, the ancient principles of feng shui as they come from um, you know, Egypt, as well as if they come from the Zulu nation or the Zulu tribe, excuse me. So what you're going to do is first, you're going to just get yourself in a relaxed state and close your eyes. And then you're just going to take yourself on a journey throughout your home. You're going to go room by room, really knowing that you have a highly sensitive energy field around you. And this energy field really allows you to sense the energy around every single object that's in your home. So as you approach each of the things, you're going to be able to tell, you'll be able to feel and connect with the energy and what you're looking for. You're trying to see whether or not this particular energy raises your energy or it lowers your energy, or is it just neutral? So you're going to imagine, visualize yourself walking through your home. So whether you decide to start out in the living room and you start to go over the couch, or maybe you're going over the rug, maybe you're going over the table, know that you can connect your energy with everything that's in your space, in your sacred space. You're connecting, you're highly sensitive, and you're able to pick up whether or not this object is raising your energy or if it's lowering your energy. Now, when you come out of the meditation, you're going to begin to take notes of the objects that has raised your energy. 
And you're also going to take note of objects that's lowering your energy. Those objects that are lowering your energy, now you're going to begin to make a decision. Hmm. Do I want to keep this? What do I want to do with this? Do I want to move this somewhere else? What do I want to do with this object? What I would encourage you to do is to go back to the section here that we covered about shape-shifting and really go into the shape-shifting exercise to see sort of what that connection is between that object and yourself, really understanding how that object is connected to you. What is that reflection? How did it get there? What is its purpose? How is it connected to you? Finding sort of that deeper meaning and making a decision based upon that. Yes. Well, there you have it, everyone. A lot of people have asked me. We've done some of the creative work that we do in the sessions. I will give out sort of uh, different exercises that you can begin to do to help align your energy, to help align your life force energy or your chi or your kundalini or your arit, however we choose to say it, to line it up so that you can have sort of the best experience going through your transformation or really working yourself to where you want to be on your path in life and feng shui is definitely something to take a look at Um, so hopefully the information that was shared to you was useful and it was helpful and uh, give me some feedback let me know what you think and we can go much much deeper into this um, really as it comes to us from an ancient perspective and also how it relates to you so don't forget some of the books and some of the people that I mentioned that talks about this feng shui in a very, very unique way and also talk about it from the position of coming from us So um, as the original people on the planet. So know your magic, everyone. Um, it's me, Miss Blue. We're going to be signing off here. Thank you guys so much. Don't forget, Brother Panic is going to be live. In- so listen. Wow. Wow, you guys, yeah, I thought that was such a cool throwback because that show was over 10 years old, but really the information is timeless and uh, hopefully gave you some good basis of starting with Feng Shui. I I haven't done a feng shui show in such a long time, but it is getting close to. I have been working for the last couple of years on um, a new Bagua map and um, how to use sort of a modern day approach to feng shui um, and have you so you can use the Bagua map in your everyday life without having to really understand all of the components of Feng Shui. Here's one of the things I would encourage you to do because there are so many shows that I have done in the past on Feng Shui. This was one of them, one of the first ones. It wasn't the very first one, but it was one of the first ones. And and, and I think you guys really realized that, again, like I said, this was over 10 years ago. So in this particular show, we really are, we really didn't even really get into um, the meat and heart of Feng Shui, because that's a whole system. And what we talked about was just the beginning 
of clearing the clutter, just clearing the clutter, understanding our sacred space. Like there are so many shows where I go in and we talk about the cures. Um, We talk about doing different things with feng shui, Uh, even shows with callers that called in and I sort of took a look, did some remote viewing, looked inside their sacred space, told them how to rearrange the furniture to really shift the energy inside of their home. Um, All of that. And uh, yes, the funky feng shui, um, it's so many shows. So you can Google that and go to the Remix Radio. You probably have to go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Remix because that will be able to let you get deeper into the archives. I think YouTube, YouTube is very new. So none of those shows are on YouTube. Like we have thousands and thousands of shows. Um, we're fairly new to YouTube. So if you're listening to YouTube, Spotify, or on the Google Store, um, or any other place where podcast is, you probably have to go a little bit further than iTunes and all of that, um, those places to get into the deep archives to see that we've been around, we've been in this game before it was even call a game. <laughs> before it was even popular to do that. Um, but um, feng shui is one of those things I'm totally obsessed with. I love it. I absolutely do. And I love sharing all of the different aspects of feng shui um, because it is so life-changing, and especially at a time like now when we're spending so much time at home. The children are now back at home. We're working from home. You know, we've been on the quarantine for such a long time. So Feng Sway can really just bring a whole nother element in. Um, many of you are doing some real funky Feng Sway and just don't know it. Because, again, it's very intuitive inside of us. You ever been in your grandparents' house or even your parents' house or someone's house and they have that... Um, they have a mantle over the fireplace and they have pictures of the grandmothers and all of these things that we do naturally. That is really an altar that you have before you. And um, so I talk about that. I talk about the ancestor altar. I talk about feng shui for your office. That's right, for your car, how you can feng shui your clothes, you know, working with crystals and feng shui, you know, all kinds of things. Um, to do. So I hope that you all enjoyed this. I certainly did. I think it was a great throwback for the week. And again, for this week, I do want to challenge you to do some feng shui. You know, pick a space, pick a part in your home. Um, It's always really, really good. One of the things that I love to do, especially for people who have children, is where you sit the whole family down and everyone writes an intention for what they would like the sacred space to represent. You put it on sheets of paper, fold it up, put it in a jar, and definitely when you go, reach in the jar, have one of them reach in the jar and pull it out, and then that's what you work on. That's the intent that the family holds when you're cleaning up. When you're cleaning your sacred space, you know, when you're wiping things down, children love to do this. There's a process that I call walking the labyrinth 
where you start at the front door and you walk in and you're having it. You know, especially for those of us who know our magic and really understand the existence of ourselves and the role that energy play and the role that we play in the world of the collective, um, that the world is not happening to us, but it's happening in spite of us, you know. And, yeah, that's right, Erica. And you can even learn how to feng shui your wallet and your purse. And what you're doing is you're putting yourself in good vibes, good vibrations. And that's important to be able to put yourself in a place of good vibes and good vibration. You know, I talk about the significance of blessing your food before you eat it. We need to set these intentions. These things were not done by our family members because they didn't have anything else to do or it was wishful thinking. It was because they understood the energy of themselves, of God, the universe, the most high, the oneness, whatever you choose to call it, your higher self. They understood the significance of how these things could impact you how they could impact you. And when you bring your consciousness and your awareness to it, then these things can begin to start working in your favor. Working in your favor. Helping you to see clear in a world that sometimes can be cloudy as hell. Call it into existence. You have someone who's not feeling well, who's sick, that got something going on. Speaking to your body, understanding that you have that power. That's your birthright. That was given to you. And even your sacred space. You don't get to have a place that you're living that something as precious as you is in. And yet everything around it looks like no one cares about it. No one's thinking about it. Tension of who you are. And you can create the life that you want. There are more doors of opportunity that are open for us at this time. Put yourself in the perfect alignment. So that you can begin to use your intuition to guide you through these waters, through these times. So you can see the bigger picture. You can see your blueprint, your divine blueprint, and see what your next steps are. And it's so much fun when you're at home and things are in order when you can feel good about being in your house, in your space. When you're not ashamed if someone rings your bell and stops by unannounced and you say, come on in. One of the things my mother taught us growing up is you should never say, excuse my house. It's your house. It's a part of you. You should always be in a space where you can say, come on in. And have a sense of pride about, come on in. 
It doesn't matter how big it is. It can be, you know, a 16,000 square foot, you know, mansion, or it can be a 200 square foot room. Because home is truly where the heart is. And if it is a part of you, then it is worthy. It is worth something. It is magical. It is powerful. It is loving. It is caring. It is giving. It is healing. It is all of those things that you are and then some. So it doesn't matter where you are on your feng shui journey. It's a great place to start and a great time to start. Start now. And then begin to get the things the way that you want. So that that vibration, that energy, and when you cross your altar and come into your sacred space, Dun, 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 dun. Your energy can get lifted. You can get all the things that you need. Your battery can be recharged. I think it's great that we can go on vacation, but with so many restrictions of traveling and how we can travel and what we can do, you should be able to feel like you're on vacation every time you walk in your sacred space. Mm, that's it. You should feel like you're on vacation every time you walk in your sacred space. No place should make you feel more wonderful, and especially if you have children. No place should make them feel more wonderful, more magical, more free, more expressive, more enlightened than their sacred space. It's a house of love, built on love. Yeah. All right, then. I guess we're going to get out of here. <laughs> this was good. I really enjoyed, again, this throwback. Like I said, I wasn't going to do a show this week. Uh, not this week, but I'm saying today. But I decided to do the show tonight. And I want to thank you guys. Don't forget to hit me up on social media. Um, love to connect with you guys. The T H E Remix underscore Radio on Instagram, Facebook. Um, it is the Remix family. All you have to do is click like, and um, yeah, I'll see a lot of you in readings this week. One on one readings. I'm super excited about that. Some beautiful energy coming up. We got self invested. Self-Invested Workshop is going down. Myself and Brother Bilal, we're always excited about that. Shout out to the whole family, too. I don't even know if I did it. Shout out to the Priestess, Soul Magic, you know, everyone, everyone listening in from all the area codes, um, as well as our international family rocking with us tonight from all over as well, too. Leave a detailed comment. If you guys want to hear more um, Feng Shui shows, let me know. Let me know. Um, I would love to, um, somebody just sent me an email. I would love to do some more. And if there is um, a particular area you guys would like for me to um, 
to touch on or even a subject you would like for us to touch on, you know, leave that, drop that in the comments so we can know too. We're in the process of doing some things and, you know, bringing some new things to the platform and, um, you know, just, just for us to continue to keep growing and learning. There's nothing better than growing up on planet Earth. And, um, yeah, we're definitely doing that. Pay attention to your dreams this week. Do that, okay? Don't forget um, the priestess Keisha came on Friday night. If you didn't hear that share, go back and listen. And she has those amazing bookmarks. Got a lot of energy and a lot of power in them. She made them with resin, lots of sparkles, all kinds of things. Um, they're really, really cool. They're some of the coolest things I've ever seen. So that, so keep creating. Remember, that's a big part of our work here too. Keep sharing your gifts with the world. Keep doing it. Keep the dream alive and turning it into action, you know? Action. The work. Keep doing the work. Keep downloading downloading, 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 you know, keep downloading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And keep knowing your magic. And of course, we're just going to close out because love is the only thing that is real here. And um, yeah, yeah, I like it. Well, maybe we ought to hear a throwback song. I don't know. What do y'all want to hear? Do y'all want to hear something? I feel like I need to be playing something. Let's see if I can find a good little, good little kick-a-poo. Little kick-a-poo song. What could we hear? <laughs> do I need to find something? Let me hurry up. Let me hurry up. What, what, what? Mm. I want to hear something, but I'm, I'm, mm. I don't know. I don't know. No. Hmm. Oh, y'all are putting suggestions up. Let's see what you got. What you got? <laughs> uh, is that Frankie Beverly and Mays? Is that what somebody want to hear? Outcast, fresh and so so fresh and so clean, clean. Yeah, that's a thought. What else? What else we got? What else? That's it? Play some Erica Badu. I've been jamming Erica all day. You can never you can never get too much of Erica Badu. Can never hear too much of her. What else? What else we got? What else we got? Come on, y'all. Let's let's I want y'all to get some um I wanna uh <laughs> I wanna hear something. You know me, I'm always looking for I'm always looking for uh something a little different. You know? Something that hit a little different. Um Roy Ayers, yeah. I remember when we did the show with Brother Roy Ayers. He's so amazing. Um, what else? 
Third Eye. That must be your favorite song. It's a good one. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Al Green. Man. Oh, man. Just think about it. I haven't heard no Al Green in a minute. Mm-hmm. What about, y'all want to hear something? Y'all want to hear a way, and I don't even know if I want, you know, I thought about Life Jennings. You guys remember nice Life Jennings where he sung, must be nice. Y'all remember that? Well, Life Jennings, I just happened to hear a song that he did not too long ago, a couple of years ago. And I had to listen to the song like three or four times. And the reason I had to listen to the song three or four times is because in the song, Life Jennings talked about this girl and her not washing her drawers for three or four days. And I kept saying, <laughs> this is for real. I kept saying, did he just say what I think he just said? And he said, yeah, that's my girl. And he said it again. And I don't know. I don't know. So I said all of that to say, I don't know if I want to hear Life Jennings right now. <laughs> so let's think about somebody. I, oh, I got something for y'all. I got something. I know I'm taking a long time. I know that might have been, uh, you know, too much magic. But um, <laughs> I know, Phoenix. I know. That's what made me think about it when I just seen him. That's what made me think about it when I seen that. (laughs) That's what made me think about it. Um, (laughs) That's what. That's what made me think about it. Oh my goodness. But um <laughs> Y'all go check it out for yourself. I'll check it out for yourself. Mhm. Y'all check check it out for yourself. Okay, so maybe we'll hear this. I don't know now. See, the moment is kind of kilt. And I did it to myself. Um, <laughs> I just want to hear them. I, you know, this is this is so sad, but I just want to hear them do something. Um, let's see. Mm, I know. Hold on, I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Um, dang, this is it. Um, no, I'm looking for a song. What else? Yeah, Amy, Amy Winehouse, some beautiful, um, vibes there. I don't know, like I'm looking for something and it's, um, I just feel like, I don't know, I want to, I want to hear, 
I should play some Kim, but I don't. I'm I'm not gonna play um, Kim. Um, <laughs> I should. Yeah, that's Mally music is always beautiful. Yeah. Um. Mm, mm. <laughs> hey, Maria Kay. Some Billie Holiday. You guys got some good, some good choices. Um, play some, play Sunroft Lutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, uh, yeah, Anthony Hamilton. Yeah, because he said I'm cool. If you cool, if I'm cool, no wait. If you're cool, then I'm cool. You know, it's just we all cool. We all cool. That's what Anthony say. Anthony say, if I'm cool, then you're cool. Then, you know, we all cool. But but how about this? How about this? This is a throwback. How about this? <laughs> yeah, I feel like a little serenade going on. Yeah, how about this? Oh, yeah, y'all know about this. Y'all know about this. I'm so here for this. So here for this. Oh, yeah. Come on. Come on, Planet Remix. Ancient artist on sway. Little bit of Casey and JoJo. All my life. Oh, yeah. I love you all. Have an amazing, amazing, magical week. <laughs> Ciao. Let's jam today. I will never find another lover sweeter than you, sweeter than you. And I will never find another lover precious than you, precious than you.
Just absolutely amazing, beautiful. I feel like I need to play another song. Hmm. Do I need to do one more for the road? Yeah, we'll do one more for the road. One more for the road. (laughs) I know. I get in these moods. And it's just the most. But I want to hear this, especially after some feng shui. I may have to stay up and um, do a little bit of cleaning. But here we go. Oh, yeah. Watch out now. Watch out now. Planet Remix. Oh, yeah. Angel of mine. When I first saw you, I already knew there was something inside of you, something I thought that I would never find, angel of mine. I looked at you looking at me, now I know I let say the best things are free. Gonna love you, boy, you are so bright Angel of mine How you changed my world, you'll never know 
Oh, my. 